Hello and welcome to episode 365 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined again by both Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. Thanks to Connor for helping to hold down the fort last Monday, but Chelsea have picked up four points since then against both Tottenham and Man City, and there was no way Jack wasn't going to be in sunny Brockworth for this one. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm sure the pair of you saw the injustice at St. James's Park and were gutted to be missing the chance to agree with me, but we've moved on now. Three more points for the arse, three more points for Liverpool, and the man grinning like a Cheshire cat today is the one whose team earned a point. But we'll get into all of that. We'll get into the other games from the weekend. We'll get into UFC 295. How are we doing today? Yeah, very well. Life's good again. I've seen that light at the end of the tunnel. It seems closer than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's Jack's week. Like yeah. you said, they've got themselves a draw. So it's, yeah, it's I, feel, I feel like it's my birthday come early, you know. I just, we got a draw. Performance was fantastic. I, we can't skate over the fact that I don't get the opportunity after being grilled and told what an awful 4-1 win away at Tottenham that was and how I should be embarrassed to be winning 4-1. As if Spurs fans or Spurs players just didn't decide to get two players sent off. Like It's almost like, are we always up against it? We had three disallowed goals with 11 men. And, you know, hypothetically, if they'd beaten a team with nine men only a few weeks previously and celebrated like mad. Exactly. They were doing the rounds of the videos of victory laps and jumping with the fans. Someone brought their kid on. Yeah. (laughs) After a 90th minute own goal against nine men at home. So I think you're both overlooking how good that 15 minutes was. (laughs) Yeah. That's even the fact there wasn't ten men till thirty-four minutes. And they still specified the fifteen minutes yeah. was, was my favourite thing. But anyway, move on. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, Man City. I, I think you could have given me a hundred guesses as to how this game would have gone, and I wouldn't have settled on it going like this. It's both Pep Guardiola's worst nightmare, and I have to imagine as any opposing coach is probably in the same category, like. Nobody wants to go punch for punch with Deontay Wilder, even if you suspect he's got a dodgy chin. This was the first Premier League match to see four equalising goals scored since Liverpool and Arsenal's 4-4 draw in 2009. So let's have a look. Key incidents and see how we got here. Lineups were pretty much as expected. Chelsea started positively. Um, I think the time between games now means you can actually game plan for the opposition while still trying to mould a playing style being out of Europe is helping with that this system seems to allow Chelsea to get all their best players on the field for now at least you've got Nkunku, Lavia, Chilwell, Fafana when they're all back maybe we'll see it change but I think we can kind of guess the Chelsea side pre-game at this point yeah I'd say so I think almost completely opposite to the podcast we did after Brentford where where are our options in that sense here they are, and this is this is as close as I think he's going to get to his preferred eleven, and get them all playing all at the same time. A few exceptions potentially, but right now that's the team that I'd want to be sticking with to drive that cohesiveness. Yeah, it'd be hilarious if this team really kicks on, and then he has a load of fit players coming back. And he goes, "Shit, I've got to start playing <laughs> yeah. you instead." Well, Reese James was playing like the guy being linked to replace Carl Walker. Conor Gallagher was putting himself about. Enzo and Caicedo were there. Um, <laughs> I think City looked like a team that were rattled and I don't think anything can symbolise that more than Kyle Walker taking a stoppage time free kick. I don't care how well he's banging them in in training. The fact that Chelsea have proven to be shaky from set pieces earlier in the game 
Carl Walker should not be on there. And I thought just him taking that free kick showed how wobbly and... Who else was going to take it? I was looking at it going like, oh, yeah, I don't... I they, do got I want pack, over yeah. this. they got a pack of midfielders and technical players. Carl Walker wouldn't be in probably the top eight technical players. Uh, I know what you mean. I was just side. looking at the players on the pitch still at that point. I was like, oh, do I want Grealish taking it? I don't, I don't know. I don't still, think that, oh. You still back Harlem, don't you? The way I mean, I still had to find Grealish, obviously, first to, to, <laughs> yeah. to take the free kick. I I thought he was... I tweeted that he was a disgrace <laughs> mid-game yesterday. <laughs> disgrace. None more... Phil Foden. <laughs> I... Slow, Seems a little bit weird and uh, petulant on my part. I essentially tweeted that it's weird. There's players who always step up for City and the players who just never, never turn up. I essentially was indirecting Grealish and Foden. I yeah. don't know. I don't think they saw it. But. Foden is still saying, did you see the game against Newcastle a few months back? <laughs> and it, because well, he does this. He gets a man of the match every so often. The setup yeah. for Harlan straight after halftime. Really well played from yeah. Foden. He's obviously waited, played the overlap to um, Alvarez. Alvarez played it in. Classic City goal. And it is like he does something like that. He's like, well, that's me done for the game. Mm. It's like, well, how about when your team has come under the cosh a little bit? Maybe then you need to step up. I think that They're was- both very good when the going's good, when the going goes against them. Because it almost never does for City. Yeah. You do question those two a little I, I, bit and a few others in that team. When you said about City being rattled and exactly Foden going, what, we can, what I can say is missing, they got pulled into a basketball game, which City yeah. never really do. No. Like, even... Like the 2 2 at Anfield, the one that was perceived to be the highest quality game ever. That was a very cagey affair with some really brilliant moments in it. Yeah. Like yeah. some absolute top draw. It wasn't end to end like this. Exactly. Was it no. wasn't kind of they like. Had, they had the 3 3 against Newcastle at the start of last season and then Pep basically said, not again. Yeah, we're not doing that again. Yeah. In the post from that game, he said that it wouldn't have been like that if he'd had Jack Grealish in the side because he said he takes more touches than anyone else and it slows the game down and they can do what they want to do. Get some free kicks. At least the fact he did bring on Grealish this time shows he wasn't just waffling in the post game that time. It Mm. just, the idea wasn't as good as as it seemed in practice. Yeah. Just in terms of how they were, I thought the goals, and we're going to go through them obviously, when they were scoring the goals against United, it was kind of a, ah, this is like, they were just laughing at them. Mm. They they weren't overly celebrating because they were fired up, I didn't think. It was the occasion maybe more than it. I thought the celebrations in this game, they they looked, they were edgy, I thought. It was, they were very, uh, I think maybe they just didn't expect to be in a game that they, they found themselves in. And mm. so each time they're pegged back, it was like, okay, now they ain't going to do it again. Mm. You could probably see the difference in their sort of emotions within them, though. If you look at the the second goal, so they score just after half time, and I think we probably all thought, "Well, it was a good effort by Chelsea, but here we go." And that that was it. And it kind of I thought in their celebration, there, Harlan goes over to him. It's a bit like, "Yes, right, we've done it now. Now we'll kick on." Whereas obviously, by the time the Rodri goal comes in, you're looking at it going, Shh, "That's like I don't know a four three screamer, like a title winning goal almost in terms of the celebration." If they win that four three, what do you think Pep says to them in the dressing room after? Do you think he says? fantastic, you know, we gritted it out, we can win games like this as well as win it normally? Or do you think he's pissed off with them in the dressing room after? Pep's control-orientated. I think he's furious that he grinds teams down just by being completely overbearing and controlled all aspects of the game. He doesn't like variables, and that's exactly what we served them up yesterday, which mm. was just variable playing styles within the game. And because he couldn't really get a hold on it, they couldn't 
put themselves onto it. We'll come on to the goals. Well, let's. But they're not your typical city goals where you think it was always going to work at some point. Um, and that's pretty much the kind of story of the game, I think. Well, about 20 minutes in, the ball is whipped in towards Haaland. He doesn't get there. The commentators prepare for some shenanigans at a Sanchez goal kick, maybe. And then during a replay, I think it was, they tell us they think it's a penalty. Being 100% truthful here, when they glossed past it at first, I thought maybe I'd missed something because I, I did think Cucurea was taking a chance by grapp- grappling with him. I think, Bigger they are, harder they fall. If you see Harlan go down in the box like that, then I did think maybe something that happened. Anthony Taylor points to the spot. Every Chelsea fan I've ever known is going, he's done it again. Like, <laughs> he can't believe us. And then, I mean, there was no real doubt that, that Harlan would score. I, I do think... Let me just rewind you there for a second. Oh, we're about what, to talk what? about the actual decision. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. let's do that then. I think we don't talk about referring decisions on this pod, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hang on. Can be, if you listen I mean, to last week's. I can just feel, feel my blood pressure. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on. I was a just getting that out of the way and yeah. then we can do it. I mean, Jamie Carragher had no right to talk about him, by the way, because last week it's disgraceful to talk about officials, VAR. Second, it goes against uh, his side, and very quickly after that. Yeah, I was disgraceful his, in the Liverpool game. Oh, I thought you were talking about this one. It's like his famous affiliation with Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he set his stall out last week saying, let's not talk about it. And then 20 minutes into this game. I think it's pretty obvious he just hates Arsenal. I think yeah. that's obvious. Well, the the issue I do think in just general... I think there's clearly been a memo point to Sky to say, don't go in on the officials. I think that's clear. Well, that's if you look at his and Neville's Neville's general... Richard Keyes uh, tells you two people had a talking to saying, we're helping you out here. Yeah, yeah. Um... No, my, my my issue, and I could maybe see it more in this game where I wasn't removed from it, but I didn't really know what I wanted to happen. I thought, oh, I yeah. want to see Chelsea lose, but I also <laughs> I don't want to see City win. But then Liverpool are up there with us. So if we fall away, then I kind of don't want them getting a push forwards. Just don't watch football, mate. Just, yeah. <laughs> just don't bother. Well, I mean, there was, like, there was a whole lot going into it. But I think the frustration is that this incident happens, and I keep saying it, but I'll ask you about it in, in just a second. And then we move on very quickly. It's what a fantastic game this was. Whereas if I was a Chelsea fan, I've come away from that with not getting the result. If I was another fan in the title race and it's City getting it again, we kind of want to dwell on that a bit more. We don't want to just push it to the side because the game's carried on. And the commentators are like, that was terrible, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's basically how it Insert goes. So I Jeremy think Clark's they just, of, yeah. oh no, anyway. They just seem <laughs> yeah. a bit surprised that people dwell on it more than they do when, I mean, it's fantastic for them. They get all the controversy and the goals that, that yeah. come after it. Yeah, if you get a good game after a bad decision, it's like it didn't happen. Whereas if you get a stinker of a game... Kov- Kovacic against yeah, Arsenal. Talk about. Like, key example there, isn't it? Where mm. Should have been a red. Yeah. You won the game. It's been forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hadn't, that. you'd still be We'd talking be going, about How the fuck was he on the pitch? Yeah. I'm still talking about it now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, most people. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case I forget, the clip of him looking like he's celebrating the Cole Palmer penalty if either of you have seen this he's, he's yeah, so good it's, so it's good. really good I've, I've seen I described far down but someone comes in oh this is just what Croatians do when they're disappointed I was like fist pumping no, whilst no. turning away isn't quite I've seen a lot not a cultural I've thing. seen a lot attributed to Croatians in the last couple of days so I've seen um, someone say Vardio was born a couple of years too late for the Croatian big game gene and so this is why he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have it here when all the others have it. <laughs> yeah, the the penalty, it is soft. 
I do think if you by these margins in the same weekend, United should have had one on Maguire if anyone's seen that. And then him getting wrestled in the box by um, a, a Luton defender. That one was worse. Yeah. Much worse. I think Kukurea as a player has been governed in a particular way for the majority of his time in England. I think he's little. I think he's seen as this gritty, like nibbly, tenacious kind of defender. And he's just given this kind of leeway that I've complained about before. And so he does these fouls regularly. Harland holds his shirt, but then let's go. Something I would say that, that you've spoken about on here. And it's a bit like a car chase in films where they suddenly slam the brakes on and let the other guy pile into something. Harlan puts the brakes on, Kukureya doesn't, and he slams into the wall. Um, I'm assuming you didn't think it was a penalty. Look, I think it was soft. And not for multiple reasons. So, rewind it 30 seconds. Connor Palmer, uh, Connor Palmer, Connor, <laughs> Connor Gallagher. How many times will we do that? I know, Freudian slip there. It's going to be out of Carl so Palmer. Gallagher's <laughs> chased down on a counter press in the city half. We get the ball. He goes down injured on the pitch. He goes down. I'd forgotten the, this bit. <laughs> the, ball, the ball's turned over and then the ball ends up with Edison in, the, in their penalty box. Now, obviously the instructions are you don't kick the ball out. I hate that rule anyway. Well, Chelsea could have kicked out and they um, played on. No, because they lost the ball straight afterwards. We didn't regain the ball once since then. They did this with Reese James <clears throat> as well, where they carried on and then yeah, so <laughs> get the ball out. He tried holding his head actually. <laughs> Reece so James and the ref. Basically, <laughs> the ball's turned over. Yeah, it's now the ref's decision. It's in Man City's box with the keeper. Could have blown then. Ball comes in. Um, fast forward down to our end when it's all kicking off in the penalty area. You've got Doku who pushes. Oh, was it Dzazi into James or Caicedo into James? Which there, he's not making contact with James if there isn't the nudge. So that could be deemed as a foul. Marginal call, right? I'm not saying either way or the other. I'm just saying it's marginal. Another, so another ref could have potentially blown up twice already before he even gets this instant. Now, no one really knew what was going on, like you said, with the commentators when they saw it in real time. It had to be slowed down. So I can't see that Anthony Taylor's seen something with all of that going on. One, is Haaland even getting the ball? Probably not. Thiago Silva's there. Two, upon the replay, Haaland's grabbed, obviously, Kukurea's shirt and yanked him behind him and run in front of him. So he's fouled him first. So I think Anthony Taylor is already not blown up twice and given a really soft penalty. Now it's up to VAR to say, that's a mistake because it's 6-1 half done the other. If that was a goal kick or a corner that Thiago played it out, is anyone sat here saying that City should have had a pen? They they can't no. do it though after they've not taken away the United one in this same slot. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Und- understood. Uh, on- also, this is also being given by a referee that was demoted because of a poor performance, made a really howling error in the championship, and then gets given a Chelsea game, the, the biggest game of the weekend in the four thirty slot. Like it's all good and well demoting someone for a week. It's not a punishment if they then come back and ref. Well, that the idiot most important game that, that does the VAR review on um, ESPN had tweeted about eight times. He wasn't demoted. He wasn't demoted. I don't know why people think this. Yeah, I don't know why people think this. He makes a bad decision and suddenly a week later he's in a, in a lower league. Yeah. On a he couple did also of- get a Champions League game in midweek, I believe. Yeah, he so does. So it's a bit of a, <laughs> so I, I, a championship, yeah. Champions League back into the biggest was, game of the Premier League. I was sat in my hotel and um, they had the Real Sociedad game on. 
but not the Arsenal game. So I was fuming. So I was, I was sat across the hotel. It's quite a large um, bar in there. And I couldn't quite see. I just see this bold head on my screen. I got I te- a text at like two minutes past eight. It's Anthony Taylor's doing your game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the words were, is that bold cunt on my screen? With um, what you saw, I think with the players going down and the ref not stopping it, that does seem to be a thing this season. Yeah, and I think that, I've been quite consistent on yeah. here that I hate it when my own players do that. Just get up, basically. No, I, I, to- I totally agree. And it, I've, I the other team it, I, should never have to kick the ball out for you if the ref Especially when you're on... Like an attack like City like, imagine if Doku like turn around no I'll keep the ball out here you'd be getting what the hell are you doing at that point so, I was saying please score and, and, and this <laughs> but this is my point right so it's not down to the players I wouldn't want Chelsea to kick out but another ref would blow up if it goes backwards far enough that it's with the keeper so he can receive treatment when he's obviously injured James by the way Goes down. It could have been a head injury. I don't think it was. Well, no, he's holding his body, and then he try. Then yeah. he holds his he hand out to stop. But the end of the day is it's marginal calls, and we're splitting hairs with this. With though, I don't think you should have a pen And this is what I'm saying. So because it's obviously not clear and obvious because there's contact, they can't get overruled. It's a poor decision on the field of play. Another one for the catalogue. Is Anthony it Taylor. an Anthony Taylor issue in that times have changed so much that I could say this for every ref now? But there was a time where if we were doing this podcast in like 2012 and Mike Dean was doing one of our games, there was the thing like Chelsea fans have with um, Anthony Taylor. United Mike fans Dean, have Martin Atkinson. Yeah, Mike Dean hates Arsenal. And so any marginal decision from Mike Dean, he wasn't allowed to, to, to referee it the other way because it was... He hates Arsenal, that's why he's doing it. I, Anthony Taylor could not make any 50-50 decision City's way in this. And I realise the irony of me saying all this, but that was pre-game. I could have told you that I, and you'd I have agreed. It, but I, I don't believe that refs have a bias. I genuinely don't. But if you look at the back catalogue from Anthony Taylor, the evidence kind of speaks for itself. The Gazaniga one... I think he's just he, a shit ref. Where he fly kicks Alonso in the face and he gives a free kick to Spurs. That one sticks out. The FA Cup final against you and... Sanchez, he was right in front of the ball and Sanchez double hands it and scores the winning FA Cup <laughs> final goal. That's Delano's fault. Like, there are such glaring ones here. It's not even like they're 50-50s. But this is, this is a poor decision regardless and it shouldn't have been a pen. But it's just another one to add to the bold-headed we, we dickheads got collection. Our highest win percentage is when Anthony Taylor refs us. Uh, Great ref. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic ref. Um, but yeah, no, no, I don't think it should be a pen. To, with, with one of the other points you said, and I've thought about this before, with the consideration as to whether he would get the ball or not. I know this was a thing previously, but that we had an issue where a player would knock it past the keeper. The keeper would wiping out and everyone would say, well, he wasn't going to get the ball anyway like that kind of rationalised it. Haaland has also scored from like every conceivable angle and position in this league so far. There is that. And so we don't really want a guy in a VAR booth determining whether he could have scored or not. I do also think that Thiago Silva's headed it away as he's going down. So it's not like he's battling with Thiago Silva for the ball. He's already put the brakes on like you described. If, if- Kukurea is obviously... They've just taken a tumble. It happens. The, if, oh, sorry. the main thing is, is that he's initially pulled Kukurella, Kukurella's pulled him back, so it's kind of 6-1, half dozen of the other. Yeah. Well, it's not, I don't think it's one where he's began to pull him, he's pulled away, and then Kukurella's pulled down with such force that you go, you have to do that. Mm. I think Harden's known what he's doing, maybe yeah, realising he's not getting smart. in. But yeah. I, in, like you said, in real, I never thought it was going to be a penalty. I don't think, 
either us, the viewer, or the commentators realised it until Harlan was going to get the ball. Yeah, I thought he went and got the ball off the ball by the oh shit, that means it must be a pen. Yeah, <laughs> He's I not thought doing at least Carragher does all... the old hang on, what's going on here? Well, I yeah. thought something I didn't even question might, it when I saw it happen. The the cheat code now also, so if someone goes down softly, is well, if they're going at pace, then you know it only takes a little bit. That's just the easy thing to say. If I, I oh, sorry, well, that's a questionable decision. This is where the thing with like foot fans comes in. Where I would go. Gallagher being down and then James and is it Desassi that Claude? I can't remember. I would consider that like totally redundant. I get as a Chelsea fan, you don't like Anthony Taylor, but that just wouldn't factor in to me whether this decision then gets given for the penalty. Cause I'd say you shouldn't have stopped the game for even those things. And so as a result, to me, that's kind of almost nothing to do with it, but it does then all lead into how you feel when the penalty doesn't yeah. give it. It's like you've had two injustices prior yeah. as, whereas I would say you haven't you've had one injustice I, and that's the penalty I and I disagree with the penalty I told you, similarly with them with their goal last week by the way yeah no. so I would say that ball so uh, yeah. it may or may not have been over the line yeah. I think it might have still been in play I think it was clearly not offside yeah. but the push I think it probably was a push so therefore it shouldn't have been a goal I think but because they've had two other ones it's like we've been done over three times yeah. no you got done over once every time I'm, I'm I try to move on I see an old picture <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you that's why I wasn't kind of screaming about the ones before I'm just saying another ref on we another don't know day that you weren't if it was a, have done if it was a blank day. ref yeah. you maybe wouldn't have done it but because it's yeah. it's, it's not just a blank generic ref it's no. Anthony Taylor you've got yeah. history with I don't know why they keep giving him Chelsea games but this, I think they do setting it up for yeah problems. for this. Liverpool did the, Liverpool did this with Lee Mason where Klopp said he should never ref our games again and I think within a fortnight they gave Lee Mason the Liverpool game because they basically say you ain't picking. I mean, the, when you out with these, say you should hundred percent get assigned to him the next week. For, you deserve for, yeah. you deserve that for doing it. But I don't think Chelsea have done that. Have like, I know I, I'm usually in the camp of view. I think maybe he's just a shit ref. However, when he's been lauded as the best that we've got in Champions League games and World Cup games, has he? We, um, we, every ref seems to be the best we've got. Ian Oliver. Well, like, he yeah. seems to be the one that gets all of the big games mm. at the moment. And, but yeah, that's, I, I don't think it was a pen. I was just amused by the end of it. It's because when it's not against a team where I thought I was expecting us to do what we did, I was just like, right, it was a good 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, give it a good Fair go. Fair enough. Yeah. And they of course, something like this happens. That's a quite simple Good or bad? Do you think Thiago Silva had a good or bad game? Um, I think he had a good game. I think, I mean, we'll come on to or, or the rest of it. Yeah. I think he was good. Um, Did you not? Is that what? He, no, I wasn't sure. I he, thought we, he, he there's a couple of points where I thought he was involved in all of the good and all of the bad. Yeah, he with, he with, does with, seem to benefit from when he does do something good. It's got sort of like... This guy's doing it at 39, yeah. and then if he does do something bad, it's like, well, he is 39. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Which way are we having it? The, the thing is, the best thing I can say about Thiago Silva is he goes quietly about his business, usually. You don't usually see him in games, which probably means he's doing something right. I think you're doing him a disservice having Disarcy next to him. I think he is everything we thought he was coming into the league. I think Disarcy's been okay. I think... I, don't, I think he's far from our biggest problem. I know the I know the left footer thing. If I think if I was doing the depth chart of Chelsea centre backs, he would be right around the bottom. Buddy, Buddy Ashield or Colwell should be starting, in my opinion. The thing is, they're Colwell's both under surveillance. Yeah, gone off Trevor Chalabon. Oh, have you? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. That was a brilliant delivery. Loved it. Who came into my just just about? <laughs> brilliant. As a separate note, I thought Sanchez actually had a decent 
enough game. He did. And he I played really well. I he didn't concede any that he should have saved. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he put you under any unnecessary pressure. The last couple of weeks, every time you've had a good moment, he's just punched it out in your own third for a throw-in and mm-hmm. just said, come on, <laughs> you attack us. Yeah. And he didn't He didn't change the feel of the game in any way. We, we've all, you said it with Ramsdale before, that we can be cruising and he's a little something, just a little jitter on the ball or something, and the crowd goes, ooh. Yeah. And everything changes. Luckily, David Raya doesn't do that. (laughs) He didn't allow that to happen, Sanchez. I thought, lucky he had a trim as well. Bit of a shape-up. I think... (laughs) That inspired it. Really give him some kudos for this game. He was a calm head and the way he played technically in to what we wanted to do, he was splitting their press really well. Um, So we saw the best of what he can do and the fact that when Harden runs through... You just think foregone conclusion, right? Yeah, that's a nice save. Yeah, Mm. and it was a really good save. Five minutes after the penalty, Chelsea's 39-year-old Brazilian, Thiago Silva, heads the ball into the net. Conor Gallagher corner. First time Chelsea had scored against City since the Champions League final in 2021. No, I know. Six games without scoring. And who scored then? The man. (laughs) Best on earth. (laughs) I think it's a really fantastic, like, taking goal we actually saw a very similar header from Thiago in the Brentford game where he's fuming that no one else is running onto at the back post and obviously this time we thought can't rely on anyone else so they thought just stick it in the far corner shall I Drury did him dirty on the commentary the grand old man like, get this guy a break <laughs> I thought <laughs> I, 70 I thought he was mm, he could be under surveillance as well oh. so much that he says just doesn't actually makes sense you like a second later you like work out what he just said what are you even are talking about are we going to have like a, a collective awakening to him like uh, actually I was about to say uh, like Russell Brand I don't mean like the latest Russell Brand thing I mean when people suddenly realise oh he's using a lot of big words and not making a lot of sense I, rather than the uh, Larry accusations and I've scandalous en- I've enjoyed it because I think the main games he's done for us so far we've been winning although him commentating after Jorginho had passed it to Spurs was when I was a little bit but the other week they just panned on the cameras and they showed Martin Tyler at Old Trafford and I thought okay no <laughs> I appreciate you so much more than I know Peter I do not need that guy when saw Martin Tyler with my United scarf <laughs> I mean, hang on I knew it I knew it the whole time let's talk about Raheem Sterling puts Chelsea ahead after 37 minutes Reese James puts Guardiola on a blender and then crosses it for Raheem why weren't you there? Um, I couldn't get tickets for this game. Oh, me. It's as simple as that. I tried. The tourists out, are they? Yeah, they're all back in their seats. <clears throat> no no football fan has ever not got a ticket with without tourists being involved, as I've seen on my timeline uh, in the last week or We've so. We've got those tourists and, to thank for this big yeah. game being a thriller. <laughs> yeah. If Jack had been there, this doesn't happen. We know this. I mean, the Harper curse lives yeah. on. We scored four goals. <laughs> Emphatically. scored 37% of our league goals this season in one week, and I'm not there. For- <laughs> Every time they say the stat where they're like, you know, Chelsea have only won, was it like four times at Stamford Bridge this year, four in the last 13, I think they said. It's... Each time it's not bad. (laughs) I I was annoyed. I don't know whether you were. The Sterling didn't celebrate. His whole demeanour since leaving City has basically been, fuck you, you didn't appreciate me enough. He played like a man who was saying fuck you as well. So give it some. Yeah. Learn from Cole Palmer. I thought he gave a little. He put his hands down. I I, I think it's hard as well. I mean, it was right in front of the City fans at the shed end. Even better. Jump in. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've not respected him since he's left. That's true. 
They've had the disrespect to go and win a fucking treble I mean, while you've been gone. I'm sure we'll come on to it, but what happens after the game? Why are you picking two ex-City players that for the, for an interview and you wanted high energy? I've, I've, it, I didn't. I switched to the NFL. It's, it's I, saw, I saw. I saw the interviewer trying to get some grass out of Sterling's eyes. Says, "Come here." As, it's like he lost all. Uh, What's Sterling say? You got to get more in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that interview, honestly, he is way overconfident. I've seen, seen it a few times now. I was like, you are not as close to these guys as you think you are. Yeah. They do not like you like that. Did you see the interviewer, I think it must have been Match of Day or something, try and joke with Deserby yesterday and he wasn't having it. He said, I dislike 80% of the referees in England. And the interviewer goes, hey, at least you like 20% of them. And he goes, they're just so arrogant. I just I just don't like them. The same guy said to him, do you think that's... um." Two points drop then. He's like, what do you think? It's like, I'm home to Sheffield United. What do you think? Is it, is it the guy that was doing the Chelsea game? Is it the guy that does the darts as well? Because they literally put him in because of how enthusiastic he is. I, I feel like it's the I same guy. You could be right. Is it Michael something? I'm not sure. You may be right. I, th- I think he's gone in there thinking they've just had an absolute thriller. And they've gone and pulled out two ex-City players and expected them just to be like, we're over the moon with this fuck you city kind of thing and they're just very respectful of the team they used to play for and it was just the weirdest interview experience I've ever watched I think if he got Cole Palmer straight there he might have told Man City who for a split second you can get some of that Cole Palmer for sure if it's the same guy who did the Cole Palmer Nicholas Jackson after Spurs same sort of thing he was just being weirdly trying to get some banter with the lads sort of thing going I was like they don't know you. Yeah. And like, one of these isn't even like an English first language speaker either. So he's probably thinking, what the hell are you on about? Yeah. And he says, oh, is it sometimes harder playing against nine? Yeah. Can't yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, already. well, that was a thing. That was when Spurs didn't break down Liverpool till stoppage time. We were told that it was harder to play against nine men when everyone else was like, if you ask the manager pre-game, would you, I think Klopp may even have said that. If you ask me if I want to play against nine every week or 11 every week, then <laughs> I'd rather play against nine. Um, yeah, if the larger Sterling conversation, great yesterday. Was great against Spurs. He seems to be taking ownership of the situation like we've been asking for since last season, really. Yeah. He'll point to a lack of tools last season. Not sure how much sympathy he'll get, but he seems to be saying this season that thing, I'm in a position now to lead. The thing is with Sterling is that you're going to get two games like he's had this week, which you just think, wow, this can be our leader. We can actually build behind this guy and he be the main man. And then, But then, less than two weeks ago, we had the game that he had against Brentford where he doesn't track his runner. They score from it. He looks disinterested. Doesn't really look that bothered. So it's consistency. He's set the bar for himself now and he has to come close to that every week because that's the thing. It gets noticed so much because he has games like this. So when he does go missing that kind of bar is so far away from what he's performing at. That's why he does get the criticism that's aimed at him sometimes. It does make you think as well, these other games, he must be lacking the motivation then. Because yeah. you've shown he can do that's it when he's on it. He looks on it in this game. And that's exactly the problem, right? That's what we've now come to expect. This, well, it's a motivation issue because you can do it against City and Spurs, mm. but when it's Brentford at a 12.30 kickoff, you don't really look up for it. First you can't really have that with your problem with senior player. No. First game of the season, first 10 minutes against Liverpool, we were all like, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, on yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, 
I saw someone saying you just don't want to play Chelsea now after an England squad's been announced. Because <laughs> yeah. he's taken that very personally. I'm assuming he just declined one squad and Southgate is now taking a stance with him. Was it was it Trent that said once that he was tired and it was a massive thing for ages? That was Sterling. Ster- okay, well Sterling. He was at Liverpool at the yeah. time, though, I think. So surprisingly people didn't like it yeah. with <laughs> It's the same him saying who who would replace him in the team? Like he's not playing better than Foden, Grealish, Rashford. Rashford, let's have the conversation with Southgate about him. Would have been fantastic if a journalist had named him. <laughs> well, he's playing better than all of these guys, actually. Yeah. I saw a tweet mid-game saying his answer to missing the squad was to foul everyone in it. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben White, if you will. Yeah. He's, he has this weird thing about rejection, old Gareth, because maybe he's been spurned once too many times. But Reese James has said, look, I've just had seven weeks out. I actually thought I he was to... fair with what he said there. But I, I don't know. I think we basically he's... said he needs to think about the fact there's only one more squad before the tournament, but I get it that he's actually, after every game, he has three days off basically mm. in recovery and then he trains again. I think to call into question the fact that his place may be in doubt, I think a fully fit Reese James you more in doubt that he's in this squad when he's playing 10 minutes a week in central midfield. What's, what's, what's the English manager supposed to say? It's like, yeah, you can turn up when you want. Yeah. You can turn down and call Rashford him. Rashford did that it. for a while and then he called him out and United fans were like, why? Why should he go over there when he's not starting? Yeah, yeah. I thought my favourite thing with Sterling was that so many wingers see it's Carl Walker and they just don't fancy it. Mm. Martinelli has got success against him because he treats him like any other op, which he doesn't do with Kieran Trippier, which is the most irritating <laughs> thing. Just get out of that man. And this is going to sound incredibly disrespectful, TK, but... Oh, what happens with Carl Walker? Any of these wingers should just treat their fullback like it's Trent. I've never seen a winger in the Premier League look at Trent and say, I'm not going to get at him today. It's like it's personal with him every <laughs> single time he faces someone. And Kyle Walker has this like mystique around him that Grealish is almost single-handedly built up. He's like the Van Dyke of fullbacks mm. that you can't get past him. The stuff where they say like Vinny Jr. couldn't beat him, I'm sure he got an assist down that flank in extra time for Benzema to take City through to uh, Madrid through to the next stage. If it wasn't, he certainly got some change out of him. You're always going to have your moment as well. It's like the you know our performance against France in the um, World Cup. Yeah, he was great, but Mbappe still still get that one run on him as well. Mm. So it's not like you know, but you do have to be still unbelievable to beat him. He is. Yeah, but the thing is, you you'd never come out of a game and a winger said, "I regret." Not getting at the winger, not getting at the fullback more. Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't try. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. mean you should still, you know, try it. Because the, like see, at one point, Jackson obviously knocks on past him and Walker eats him up or whatever, and Carragher's like, he'll soon learn not to do that. So, well, he what, is he just supposed <laughs> to go? No, I think I'll turn back here. Thank you. Not doing that. Yeah, it's, uh, and one day, maybe mid-game, those legs are going to go. All right, <laughs> someone's going to have a great time. It's probably going to be an England game yeah. and we're probably going out. <laughs> well, I think a lot of us assumed that maybe City had seen something when we thought they were entertaining him going to Bayern and then the fact that they fought to keep him was like, okay, obviously, obviously yeah, not. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only player that they, they've kind of fought to keep as well. Pretty much, yeah. Everyone else, they've just said, like Cancelo, I'll ask you Sane, about that though with the uh, certain Cole Bernardo Palmer. Bernardo Silva maybe would be the other one. Yeah. yeah. But they've sort of, they've sort of, Bernardo no, Silva, you're, you're staying. <laughs> There was a tweet that said, imagine how good he'd be if he actually wanted to be there. Because every summer he says, I really don't like it here anymore. <laughs> I prefer to live in Barcelona than Manchester, actually. Yeah. So, would you? 
Did she like clip of Thiago Silva's misses in with the Chelsea fans singing yeah. the anti Spurs songs? Yeah. Everyone loves an anti Spurs song. <laughs> <laughs> the Akanji header, um, right before half time, don't really know what was going on with the mark in there. And I think you said this earlier, each time City scored, it felt like Chelsea had missed their chance, especially here where it's like, just get through to half time. It, I mean, you know, felt like unforgivable defending. How, you know, any time in the game for him to have that free header, but you just said a free header there and then conceding straight after half time, you've got whatever good work Chelsea have done here, they've undone for themselves. Yeah. Poch's whole half time team talk was obviously about forgetting all of the good work from the first half because Chelsea came out the second half. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had enough for people to talk about. We don't want to set expectations too high. <laughs> Yeah, think how well they started that game. They were all over. He, uh, Carragher contrasted it with the Spurs-Chelsea game where Spurs were right at Chelsea early on and smothering them. Chelsea like took it to City like that. Yeah, and then the second half was like, the polar opposite. It was like, just let them in. Go on, yeah, I'm getting a goal. I thought the decision here could have been the death of VAR if it carried over because at a point when they're discussing ruling it out for hitting Haaland's elbow after 99% of the ball has already crossed the line. I think we'd have spat in the face of it like Carlito. It would have been too much. I think Part that, of me did want to see it just to see the world burn. The thing, the problem is with that, and I obviously it's a goal, so just going to get that. <laughs> Honestly, can you see about to? No, you can imagine if sat there okay, He does roll with his elbow. So he does do it on purpose. So Typical. They, so <laughs> Anthony Taylor again. <laughs> so they've employed common sense here, right? Well, I just know where we're going. And now they have to employ common sense to every other decision. Hang on. <laughs> they say, if they're going letter by the law, no, 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 they got to disallow this. The law is the law. Uh-oh. They say, they say the law is the law. They've applied common sense, which I agree with. Let's see the consistency then. How many group chats did you write letter of the law in, in that moment? You didn't post none, it in ours. None. You at least said it out loud. None. It's purely a thought in my own head. Because for me in that moment, I'd have at least been, they would have, uh, before realising how I sound, you'll have gone, <laughs> typical. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be using this to justify as like, look, I know we went in two-footed, but use some common sense. He didn't know I've done it. <laughs> so it's basically the same as when Harlan scored his arm the other day. I thought when they played it, I thought they'd maybe put themselves in a position where... They have to... Yeah. I, th- I think they're very lucky the ball's basically over the line yeah. by the time anything, and it's already rolling that way. Like if if they, it weren't, they probably were going to disallow if it. If anything, it's, it would have stopped the ball. Going yeah, going yeah, yeah, you almost saved Did um, Carragher on commentary at first make out like they disallowed it? Because there was, there was a split second where I thought they disallowed it. it he didn't. He certainly didn't go, they've given it like it went a big like, thing. He make it like a weird noise. Like, ooh. He yeah, was making like weird that. noises was, that night. It was a, weird. Yeah. I think he was just disgusted that they were even looking at it. Which, to be fair, yeah, it did feel like a colossal waste yeah. of time. What was it, like 20 seconds or so? It's like, we didn't need that. No, Let's talk about the striker in the darker shade of blue. Nicholas Jackson, hat-trick against Spurs. Six goals in 11 games. It was a weird one. Really massaging some stats there. It was a weird one. I was thinking about the performance and I was going back and forth remembering different things. I thought he was out-muscled a lot early. His touch was as erratic as it's. I think it's just always going to be. But when the moment came, he, he did look clinical. It's nice work to get the goal, nice reactions. I thought he took up the right positions more often in this game. I still think his positioning is a bit... I don't think he's lazy. I think it's like he doesn't know where he should be running, which is yeah. alarming for there's, a striker of that age. There's plenty of times where 
Palmer would get the ball on the half turn and kind of beat the press, beat their midfield completely and look to play the pass. And there was just nothing on because Jackson was right next to him. He was like four feet away from Palmer where you can see him looking for a gap and there are gaps in that defence but Jackson just wasn't there. But that's not a chemistry thing, is it? Because there's certain runs that every striker is going to make yeah, every that, single time. Yeah. I think if a player can go into a new team and if a, if the ball is in a certain position on the pitch, they're going to make a certain run. And maybe if the chemistry is there, like Kane and Son, where they he would run to a, a different position because they've drilled it so many times, they're going to put it there. Jackson isn't even making the like standard runs a lot of the time that you would do, even to just pull someone away and someone else have a run. He's looking at the runs as if he's surprised that we've got through the press. So it's like he'll, he sees us come through the press carrying the ball and he's like, shit! <laughs> and then like turns and then runs and he's like four yards behind where he needs to be. It's like he's been like a a central midfielder or a winger his whole career and then Chelsea have said they're going to turn him into a striker. Mm. Like he doesn't have the the runs like in the back of his mind to do it. He definitely doesn't instinctively know. He doesn't know when to come short and when to make the running behind. The weird thing for him is that in the early games of Chelsea season, you're thinking, this guy... His running was the good part. Yeah, yeah. He's making all the runs. Finishing's a bit erratic. Touch isn't always the best. But he's just going to keep making these runs and probably in a similar fashion to sort of like Darwin, you're going to go, just by nature of that, you're going to get a certain amount of goals. And then there's been a couple of games this year, I know they've highlighted on Match of Day as well, where, yeah, it's just like Cole Palmer's looking up, going, are you going to make this run? And he's no, I'm just going to stand here and hope you pass me the ball. Chelsea have Carragher to thank for the commentator's kiss. Yeah. Rarely has it happened as quickly as that, as soon as he said it. Is, is the jury still out on him? Does, does Broja have a legit shot at displacing him or is Chelsea going to ride him to the wheels fall off? Uh, I, I really think that because we spend that money on him, if we go and get another striker, it's going to be Broja that's going to be cut because of it. I think you'll see a striker merry-go-round of we'll get someone. If we got, say for example, if we got Tony... Mikel's trying to put in that Ossiman work. But I'm just thinking, if we go and get Tony, then Broja's then going to be available to loan, who I think will probably go to like Fulham or someone who's desperate for a striker. Send Broja to Brentford. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah. See, I think if... Um, Which I don't think is the right decision, by the way. I think Broja has much more in his lock and we've seen glimpses of it, especially at Southampton. That season on loan... He's a good ball-carrying striker who is quite intelligent. He looks all instincts. Like, yeah. He's got it there. Mm. With most like rational thinking, I would think if Chelsea got Tony in January, they'd say they're ruling themselves out of Ossiman. Um, but it would be very Chelsea to get Tony and then also go and get Ossiman <laughs> and then have one of them on the bench just... Yeah. After spending like sixty million on one, don't know what you mean. And then, <laughs> can't relate. I, I dread to think what amount Osimhen's going to cost getting him away from Delorenitis at Napoli. Yeah, na- you, yeah. This I don't want any of that smoke. We've been there, done that. Eventually you got, got Jorginho out of it, and eventually got Killer Bali as well. And uh, I, that one still stings. So no, thank you. We won't have a whole uh, Jorginho loving on here, but. I've, 12 million, not a bad signing from Chelsea in the grand scheme of things. He's had his moments either either way. He's never going to strike a ball like he did against Miller ever again. Nope. Also wouldn't trade in that moment, but he took a boot in stop, in stoppage time on Saturday. Turns out it was from Saliba. You would have to have me in a jigsaw trap to hear me scream like that in front of 60,000 people. <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. It's like there was an incident in the crowd 
and a daughter was trying to get people's attention. <laughs> it was so bad. But had a good game nonetheless. How hilarious is it, by the way, when like a goal goes in or a chance or something and you do hear a solitary scream <laughs> off a woman in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you come expecting to happen? <laughs> um, as Jack's kind of referenced, regardless of circumstance, any striker that scores four between City and Spurs has had a good week all in. Yeah, but can you score a hat-trick and have a bad game? Because I think yeah. he did against Spurs. I think yeah. he had an objectively bad game and he had a hat-trick. Yeah, I would yeah. say we saw the hat-trick, but with each of the three squares across gold, did you think he was going to score? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> did he? Yeah. I was just as surprised. Like, the one way he rounds the keeper hasn't done that by choice. He's just he's just run out of options. I've genuinely <laughs> been asking myself this because it's almost too slick. Yeah, to like it's like a stanky like he's doing. To, and then the keeper, <laughs> the keeper is like, <laughs> it's the keeper has no clue what the hell's going on either. No, everyone just falls, so everyone just falls over. Mudrick's fuming, by the way. Yeah, Mudrick's expecting the the square doesn't go and celebrate. Stood there absolutely raging that he scored. In just Kelly, in just Jackson's defence, we all saw the rest of that cameo from Mudrick. <laughs> so, as much everyone was screaming, "Get him on!" against that high line, they could have been playing against seven men. And I I'm keep not sure. saying to get him on until the moment I see him, and then I'm like, oh god, what are they doing? Mudrick, I, I think and, he, he and, actually influenced. I think the third goal. He comes on, acts assertive, passes Gallagher, shoots, Jackson scores. Pretty much the only contribution. He has yeah, I mean, we're really looking for uh, um, something, aren't we? Mudrick but, in now our number twenty-nine is making me second guess Arteta's talent ID in a way I didn't think was possible <laughs> I'm glad to see that Fabio, the Vier- Fabio Vieira as well he's uh, 105 million on Vieira and Havertz um, Rodri much like Walker escaped about 16 bookable offences yeah. to, to nearly score the winner here and I think we all had the same it's always him thought when Thiago Silva deflects it into the net I thought this game exposed the best and worst of him. He manoeuvred out of several really tight situations where I thought Chelsea had him penned in. And there's a few things more frustrating than that when you do think yeah, you've, you you've, think, you've got him trapped yeah. and out he goes. Because Ola was great at that. But a stretched game like this, I thought, does show that he can't cover ground in the same way that maybe a high standards I see Mr. Basmati cover ground in a way that I don't see any other midfielder do in the league and uh, you know those sort of plays <laughs> that man should be under surveillance on a criminal watch list the week he's had the uh, he deserved a red card for his first touch not for the tackle <laughs> oh, good heavens in any kind of uh, dossier that's going to officials someone should just point out that that wasn't given as a foul the one from him this weekend well we, we go massively off piece, yeah. but uh Thomas Frank and his thing afterwards says, like, I don't even think that's a red card, he said, but I do think it's a free kick and a yellow. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think probably Thomas, fair. Thomas Frank changed his tune because when he spoke after, he was like, well, no, you'd have been sent off. <laughs> well, because then he said, well, how can I explain that? And then like the Curtis Jones one and this yeah. is a few other examples, which is a fair game. Consistency. So I don't think that should be a red card, but if all of these are red cards, <laughs> then, they def- then it then definitely, definitely is. Yeah, yeah. And then he reiterates, I don't think it was. Yeah, Rodri is one of these Mr. Inevitable in the league that are horrible. And it's always worse because he's been a bastard to your team the whole rest of the game. And then he scores. Been a bastard of, bastard of a bloke. Yeah, 
a yellow card at any point at least, maybe worse. And then you know he's going to score this goal. You know he is. But it's he just... gets the bus and lives in a flat, so he must be a nice guy. Like no one, I can tell you from experience, there's plenty of bastards on the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he yeah. gets praised for this. It yeah, actually it's... makes me look at you more sideways that you've got all that cash and you're still getting the bus. Yeah, if people who like talk loudly on a bus or worse sing on a bus, <laughs> if there was like a genocide of those people. <laughs> Nobody would be going mad about it. We go, what, do they sing on the bus? Yeah, okay, all right. Well, it was that time. It was just that time. I also wouldn't be sad if you wiped here. out Rodri, to be honest. If we could, uh-huh. I wouldn't be sad if anyone just wiped out Rodri either. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the um, Cole Palmer penalty. Broja fakes out Diaz late to win the penalty. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. How shook were you in this moment? Because it's one thing to lose. It's one thing to have the opportunity to pull it back. So, honestly, because now with checks and the circus around what people do to the penalty spot and all this kind of thing that, that happens, you know that that penalty is not being taken for about four minutes at least. So, Did you think it was one in, in real time? I thought it was soft. And then I saw it, the replay and was like, yeah, my bad. Yeah, I actually thought he got a touch on the ball. Um like really slight one obviously wasn't deemed enough to be given has got the ball um, I thought he'd like slid and then stopped and then he'd gone over the ball no. I, thought, I thought what the fuck was he doing yeah. and I think most of the centre backs would be going what the fuck was he doing it was highlighted by Carragher as well in the post-match where for the goal for Jackson's goal Diaz has thrown himself to the floor for no reason as if like he's trying to block the shot but he's nowhere near it. I think and he's if he, preempting a shot. I know, but if he stays on his feet, then he gets the rebound and we don't score our rebound. Before Monday, how many other post-games have you watched this season? Um, Love this one, didn't he? <laughs> With? I don't actually think it's probably the only one. I don't usually get a chance. <laughs> I thought that would be the case. Yeah, I don't usually... I only tune in if we watch it if we win as well, hoping they'll say something nice about us and then they discuss like United's title hopes instead. Yeah, I was just about to say that the games that either were out, there aren't a lot that we've actually done well in. So... It was nice just to hear about Chelsea in a nice light for a I literally stayed watching the uh, Chelsea Spurs one on Monday night because they had Sturridge on. They said they were going to talk through previous Premier League partnerships and stuff. And they said, we've had to cut that bit short because of, you know. And I was, I was like genuinely shaking my head like, that's what people are tuning in for. They want to hear him talk about that. Like, well, no, they don't, do they? They want, to, they want to hear about this game that's just taking place. They're not listening to uh, Daniel Sturridge talk about great Premier League um Strike partnerships. Although they should have, it was a great second. I also thought Sterling might try and take that penalty off Cole Palmer. That was my first thought when we were waiting for the penalties to I take it. Sterling anywhere near a penalty. I'm not saying you do. No, I thought the I, game he'd had, how he is. I think they're very fortunate that had already played out in a previous game. Yeah. Otherwise, this would have happened there. Yeah. And against City, I think Sterling might have been a bit more forceful. Going, look, I'm having this fucking penalty. Yeah, he said the game he'd having, he was having as well. I mean, he's four and four now. I don't think anyone has the right to come up to him and take it off him now. I really Stones don't. on him to, you know, step up there and score it against City. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm that. sure it's a penalty. Dealing with it at home, with the gap between it, I was just pacing around the house <laughs> and then peering in to see if he'd put the ball down Yeah. Would you say it was pleasant to be in the house with you yesterday or not? Um, Sarah took the dog upstairs because I was scaring the dog. <laughs> and I went upstairs to tell him it was all over and we drew 4-4. Four, uh, four, four. We won like, four I, I thought you won, yeah. <laughs> he claims he doesn't practice penalties in the, in the same month that Jolien Lescott's been on BT telling an anecdote about him practicing penalties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Lescott <laughs> said that in uh, the England camp, he tells the keeper which way to go so he can practice still scoring if the keeper goes the right way, is what he said. And also it started as a cocky thing, which I can well imagine, hmm. but that's his way of practicing them. And then, yeah, he said, I don't even practice. I just, you know, I just felt it. I just went the way I felt. Would it shock you, though, if he said, like, let's got made that up? <laughs> <laughs> that be just, like, yeah, just for a bit of a story. The way he is, and Carragher spoke about his arrogance, and then he said footballing arrogance, like, we uh, weren't sure. It's, it's a very different character, but I think the personality on the pitch, it sounds like I'm going to be sunning him here. It's the same way I felt when I saw Smith Rowe come through in the Arsenal side, and I don't know if it's just they've both got kind of blondish hair and played a similar position. But just the putting yourself on the ball and telling people where to go, and I don't know how loud and brash he is off the pitch. I think he's probably a lot more confident than Smith Rowe is, but I know he's kind of taken the reins very quickly in this Chelsea side. And yeah, I mean, when you get rid of Havertz in Mount for 120 and buy him for 40, <laughs> the change... <laughs> just can't catch a to, break. To get, to get that... Can't just we, be happy, can he? He is exactly what we thought Havertz would go into. <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> every, <laughs> every week, it's a different Chelsea player. <laughs> this isn't... Havertz is supposed to be Nicholas Jackson, <laughs> Brojic, <laughs> <Ben> Chilwell. <laughs> it's just that we tried him in each of those positions and we thought he would oh, do he well. Oh, he won you the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... And he was managed by Frank. He was... Yeah, come on. He was, all, he was the thing that we've been crying out for, I think, in that sense where... We've got a lot of engines, we've got our wingers, no creativity until he comes along. And we're seeing more runs being made because there's a chance of them being found. He's opening up games. Brentford was Brentford. But if you take out that loss, then I think it's I think it's seven games, one loss. A lot of the top six are in there, scoring more goals, eight goals this week. I think he was exactly what we needed in this team. And to go in, all in on Cole Palmer, I don't think we sign Cole Palmer unless if Nkunku does his ACL as well. So maybe that's a blessing. It seemed like a because we can signing more than a... with when we, we're here. Yeah. Well, when we signed Erdegaard, the whole thing the whole summer was, we're going to see how this plays out, get the price down, make sure that Madrid are willing to sell him and then we got him late. This felt like maybe even a week before. It was deadline day, wasn't it? I was just yeah. driving in the car that like, oh, Chelsea have also signed Cole Palmer. Like, and it was like a, a joke of like, oh, another player's not going to play then. Or yeah. what the hell are you going to do with all these players? Yeah. Maybe, especially if you, if you, if you, if you had, uh, easy for me to say, uh, signed Elise. Yeah. That was, yeah. couldn't get that out, could I? Uh, then you definitely wouldn't have signed him, would you? Yeah. So. Last season, there was a constant question to Pep early in the season about whether he regretted selling Zinchenko and Jesus to a rival. He said, no, it's their strategy. And I think we agreed with him wholeheartedly on Jesus. We thought maybe he'd regret the Zinchenko one, at least early, when you looked at them having no one that could invert and then they got Ake and Akanji and everyone else doing it as well. Um, with those two players, City were surer than anyone else of what they had. Is there any thought with Palmer that they perhaps don't know what his potential may have been and they could regret it? Or have they got such an embarrassment of riches that... Look, if in the same way that you're saying this is exactly what we need, it's what we didn't have, they're saying, well, we'd rather have Doku. We've got him out and Doku in. We're yeah. happy. I think um, <clears throat> it's a way of balancing their checkbook, just like we've done with our homegrown players. Mount, if, yeah. if it's showing up a zero on a balance sheet when they're spending the money they are, it's good to kind of get that revenue in when they think they're good enough. And they obviously think, 
we're good enough to beat the team that we give these these players to. Yeah. The problem is, is that you've strengthened Arsenal. You've strengthened us by giving us the one thing that we actually needed. I'm not saying that we're anywhere close to challenging them, but we'll, if they keep doing this with their leftovers, the league's going to get stronger and it's going to get harder for them to win it every time. So I can understand their strategy. I just don't think when every player is left and banged, when else, with us it's different. We can let a player go and if it's David Luiz or Petacek, he's usually because they're set past the sell by day. David Luiz was a good sign-in. Yeah. Did the job. Did the job. But my point is, shelf life. Here, they're giving away young talents in their primes which could really come back to bite them. But you've got another one in Lavia. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. Another yeah, one. yeah. Let's face it, they they probably won't be great because City and they'll probably win X amount that'll yeah, when, when, when they win the league for the fourth year on the spin, yeah. they're really going to be worrying about Cole Palmer. But I do think it's a longer term thing. I think you could have a situation where if this guy ended up being better than Phil Foden, you would then go, oh, so we got rid of the wrong guy in that case. And he, he obviously, let's face it, even the start of this year, he scores in... Community Shields. Community Shields, he scored in the Super Cup for them. Yep. Yeah. Scored so both. he scored in both of those. He looked like this is going to be the next guy else to convey about. Where was that? And when they did sell him, it was a bit like, this is a bit weird yeah, yeah it did super, look like an FFP situation cut, but nonetheless they, still they, weird they said to him you know that's two goals now two finals um, they asked him about making like his mark in, in the team and he said basically that he'd give it a few weeks and then he needs to be playing football so whether it's here or somewhere else and he said that straight after winning a cup final nice he does have an air of confidence about him his body language on the pitch is he looks more confident than any other Chelsea player. Bear in uh, mind, yeah. you know, you've got more when experienced he, players there. He I love the celebration. And I loved him shushing the... I don't know who started the shushing in the Spurs game because Jackson was loving that as well. Yeah. But I was I was it, loving that too. I, yeah, he's... Yeah, the way he carries himself is is great. I remember in those early games to sit here in the year, I said, this is going to be someone who I probably go to hate because it's probably going to be very good. It's going to be quite annoying. But as it is now, yeah. it's great to see. I think when you, again, can pass a contract... Comparing and contrasting with Havertz, body language or uh, kind of just general feeling of the way they carry themselves on a football pitch, worlds apart. In that sense, they've got very similar structures. They look similar, just different colour hair. But the way they hold themselves is so, so different. Tell me Cole Palmer's 6'4". I don't... Like, you know, <laughs> left foot he is... He doesn't look quite... Gangly. Same height as on Arthur. This is like maybe. you keep insisting you've moved on from your ex. Yeah. But she's still your phone wallpaper. Plus, <laughs> he keeps going on. Do you see that new bloke she's with? He, it's look, just, he looks fucking it's ugly. It's just nice to be able to enjoy a creative midfielder that's doing the business. Last couple of questions on uh, this Chelsea game. Is top four now one for Chelsea? Or is this just them turning up against big teams? No. Like There are other sides in the league that even in a title race will look at as a tough fixture. Brentford away, for an example. Are Chelsea now Brentford away? <laughs> or can they kick on? Because you're still 10th in the league. Yeah, no, I know. Six points off fifth. And fifth gets Champions League this year, doesn't it? One lot of three, three out of 13 games this season. No, don't, like don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not getting ideas of grandeur above our station here. We did seem to be... But like, there is a title challenge on. <laughs> we, did, we, did see, we did seem to have turned a corner with wins against Brighton. Yes, it was a collapse against Arsenal, but it was still... Better than I expected it to be. Four well, one against Spurs. Hang on. Look, we're playing, hang on. Just listen, but we're playing well. <laughs> the problem is, I said this to you against Brentford. 
we play well against teams that allow us space. Yeah, it's that's so, kind of my point there. As but- soon as someone sits in against us, that's when I worry. And I think it's immaturity levels, age levels. It's something that they haven't learned how to deal with yet. As soon as they get crack that nut, then I'll start believing. I, I very much expect us to lose to the next team that's below sixth. I can't help but notice you snuck a Carabao Cup fixture in there. <laughs> Still Brighton. You were lauding them the week before that podcast saying, it doesn't matter who they change, just seeing they perform in the same way. They've not won since September. Well, yeah. You put the curse on them. Yeah. But I've, I've gone off them though. Look, Wolves are I'm, my... I'm not getting ideas uh, above my station here. We've got a lot of work to do. Consistency is next. If so you're Brentford look, until otherwise, until proven otherwise. I think the way that we played against these teams, no, because we outplayed these teams for large portions of the game. Arsenal, City. That Arsenal one is <laughs> mental. The, the, the main confidence I took from your game yesterday is that neither Chelsea or City created anything near that against us. It was a goalkeeping error and a penalty for a dodgy handball. We, we still played well. And I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm saying that we're not like. Uh, you said you dominated us a second ago. Well, we did for the first half, I would say, and then we just got a nosebleed because we didn't know what it was like to actually lead a game at half time. Cheek. I, I think it's more than Brentford, but I don't think we're challenges okay. yet. Question for you, TK. Um, can this be a blueprint, or do City need to be off it for this style to work? So Liverpool are playing City next. Would they be better off adapting Chelsea's strategy against City or the one Arsenal used to nullify them? Well, we would probably be better off with Chelsea and going at them and getting at them. I'm not sure we're going to be able to... Chaos ball is, yeah. is the order of the day against yeah. City. Yeah, Klopp was watching that thinking, why can't City do this against us? Because I don't think that's going to happen. We're going to come back from the international break. It's going to be a lot of them pass, 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 control this game, make sure Liverpool can't just come at us like a train. Um, so I don't... Yeah, I don't see it playing out that way. If we could, great fun. And, you know, with all due respect, if you think Chelsea get a four-all draw with them, you'd back us to rattle in a few goals as well yeah. in that sort of game. Yeah. But I just don't see that sort of game playing out. Um, I think Pep's a bit nervous. He'll be a bit more nervous about us coming there, I think. I'm, I'm seeing a lot made of, like, like your question there, Luke, where you said City being off it. Well, that, that's just I'm, a question. I don't I've, think that I've was been, their A game yesterday. No, of course it wasn't. I don't think it was, but I don't think we allowed it. I think... I think you did force them into yeah, a th- lot of mistakes. And they, you did kind of rattle them early on. I think if you looked at the way that we set it from the back, we took on their press. And I know it's the order of the day with with what Arsenal do, but Reese James sitting in midfield and Enzo filling the pockets of right back and left back. And he would play through their midfield, and almost bypass them. And we're getting knockdowns in second balls one. And we'd gone through Rodri in their midfield and that's how we were creating all that space and all that chaos in behind. They always seemed to be running back. Now, we did also. I, I think the gap between our midfield and defence was too far apart at times where when they cut through it, so like, oh shit, it's going to happen now then after all yeah. that. That's where I do think potentially their A game, on their A game, they would have done. But I do think that it was a really interesting tactical battle between the two teams of pulling them apart and we weren't afraid to go long either. Do you think Pep's going to look at that and get on and go tighten that midfield up a yeah. bit next time? I'm not allowing a situation where Rodri's getting overrun like he was in this game yeah. too if many I, times. Can I ask a question about Chelsea's midfield? So Enzo and Caicedo. It's interesting that I haven't come away from the Arsenal, City or Spurs games feeling like Chelsea have lost the midfield battles. 
But I've also not come away from any of those games thinking that Enzo or Caicedo played anywhere close to well. If you can't imprint your personality on the game against a nine-man Spurs with a high line, I do think it might be time to pack it in. (laughs) The good thing is, I think you're outworking these teams. You're outworking City's midfield. I think you outworked our midfield. I don't think any of our midfield... It feels like you're nullifying the other team's midfield more than I'm seeing those play well. Mm. Gallagher has been more of a highlight than either of those two in this system. I think Loftus-Cheek against PSG, if anyone watched that the other night, had a better performance than I've seen from any Chelsea midfielder this season. I I use my guy, if you remember. It's just need a bit more time. Just a little bit more time. Maybe a loan spell. I I don't know what it is with these two. Enzo... You're, you're chasing you're chasing a game and this guy's come off in consecutive games now. Yeah. Enzo looks weak. This well, is, you're you're this chasing the game when he's a defensive midfielder. You're conceding goals and he's an offensive player. And He does, he looks weak. He did, he played well in his role, which you did see him picking up and beating City's press, which is going to be undervalued because it's not the kind of like Lambaston runs through midfield is and playing the through ball. If Havertz wins the ball back, no, then fair play. No, because this is play. This no, is I'm crazy saying, play. So I'm saying for a £65 million midfielder, the standards need to be higher. I, for a £110 million midfielder, the I, standards need to be higher. We shouldn't be picking out little small details totally for players agree. like this. I totally agree. I want more from him. and I think he can give more. Um, I do think with the money thrown around in football these days and the lengths of the deals and all of that, that's just how much a midfielder costs. It's a, it was a, they cost that much because of the price paid for him. It was a, it's a seller's market. We needed a whole new midfield and went out and bought too many. But Rice doesn't cost in. 105 if Enzo doesn't cost 110. Caicedo doesn't cost I, 115 I, I if also, Rice doesn't cost 105. I also think that Caicedo and Enzo signed new deals and Rice was at the end of his deal. I think if... You, Rice had it. Rice had he, it. No, 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 he, he was only 105 million because that they finally thought he's not going to sign a new deal now. A couple of years ago, three years left on his deal. You're not getting him for 105 million. It was going to cost probably half of that three years before. Right. It, I'm saying if you'd gone there a couple of years ago, it would have been 150. That's, oh, and then you would have said no, and then that's why you waited when you bought him when you did. And you're just lucky that they did do that because we would have been, we would have <laughs> gone and paid come on, come a couple on. of seasons ago. This is... I'm, uh, ju- I'm just saying that... This is like I Enzo to- doesn't... Doesn't cost 110 if no, Pogba doesn't cost 90. It's no, like I want to expect more from him. I do. I, I'm agreeing with you on that point. I'm just saying that 105 million. That's a price tag. There's a there's a player under there that yes, I haven't seen the full potential of yet. He did his job yesterday. All we talk about is what he can do. I've not come out of any game. I think he made one pass against Liverpool that now is like, if Foden were pointing to one game, we're pointing to like one moment for Enzo. Again, I agree. I, I want my players to be doing that, but the problem is it's the Cole Palmer show at the moment and it's beat, it's beat the press, give the ball to him and then we play I around him with the wingers. Martinelli can shine if Saka's shining. Like this isn't, Cole Palmer looking good isn't stopping Enzo from looking good. I'm not saying it is. I, I actually really thought Caicedo came off a little bit worse than Enzo in the game, I think that the battles, he lost a lot of them. I think he looked a bit bullied. He's slow. He's, Physically, he doesn't look the same player he has been at Brighton. No. Doesn't get about as well, it, like you said. Doesn't look as strong. No, genuinely, I can't. Chelsea spent so much money in the canteen there, holding back on <laughs> portions. We did the job. I think we can get better. I think that's that's a positive. You've got to have a look there, but I need to see more from these players. Right, With both of those, you probably, and I probably do as well, because they've been around a little bit now. They probably do forget their age as well. So they do obviously have time 
the question for Enzo is how much does he want to? When you had those things earlier in the year that he's already looking out the door, some of the stuff you kind of think, Actually, you know, in this game, I thought he put a shift in. In some games, I've questioned how much he's putting a shift in. That's the only thing, but they've got potential. There's no doubt about it. I think that's it, right? I think we've gone and bought a lot of potential and then we're shocked and judging them why they aren't the finished article immediately. That's not my issue of it. My issue is that it's like there's no article at all. No, but if you... You've got to show you more to indicate what's If you're 22 years old and new to the league versus uh, Declan Rice who's been brought up in this league, polished, and bags more potential than what he's got right now. He can go even higher. But he understands it and he's settled more. Moving across town is different to moving from another league. The, problem, the problem for them both is that how well Cole Palmer has hit the ground running and he's got less experience than yeah. them. I know, albeit he's been in this country, but not played a lot of first team for whatever. Yeah. The fact that he's come in and already looks like this, and not even just how well he's playing, the way he carries himself is sort of like, that he's happy to be the man. Neither of them look like they've grasped the sort of with a hundred million pound man they're going to change Chelsea. It's, oh, no, I agree. I, I, it's kind I, of it swings around. You look at Cole Palmer now. You look at it's like it's going to be a bargain. Yeah. And then, but the flip side to that coin is that these at the minute yes. looking overspend. I want more. <laughs> it's not that I don't want it. I mean, if I'm just willing to give them time. Care for what we wish for because from our point of view, if they do start looking like hundred million pound players, then Chelsea are obviously a bit of a problem. Yeah. Let's move on. So. A lot was made of Spurs losing both the battle and the war when they held four against Chelsea on Monday. As much as Postacoglu was praised for his kamikaze approach, it was the injuries to Madison and Van der Ven, the suspensions of Romero and his doggy that were on the agenda coming into this lunchtime kickoff. Merce, by the way, four for four this week. I know. Picking all games. Easy to see why that man was a gambling addict. It's the CBD that did it. It's inspired him. Looking at his wife... It's the brilliant. Shannon Sharp gift we're pointing his account it's brilliant as we well. could have had a flutter on this <laughs> but you're telling me I can't he seems to have a new light at least a life now he's come out as a Chelsea fan as well he's very yeah, buoyant yeah I don't buoyant. like I don't like it but it's, yeah. when it's against Spurs it's all good what do you um, mean come out at us well he's, he's very vocal now <laughs> yeah. about he's like shouting about it every time we play a game he's very much it used to the, kind of be you know I fancy Chelsea this weekend yeah. and now it's come on Chelsea yeah <laughs> right okay yeah. So uh, I knew he was prior yeah. Yeah. but okay fair enough Hoiberg Emerson Davis and Dyer came into this team the usual suspects Spurs fans would tell you they'd also tell you Ange improved everyone but I do admire the even if we had five men we'd have a crack line and then leaves Los Celso on the bench. Oh, duh. <laughs> you really forget that man is yeah. still around and then um, you see him. It, it, it looked to be the right decision for Spurs fans mocking Merson when Brennan Johnson pokes home within two minutes to make it 1-0. They had probably the best of the opening 15 minutes. Again, against Wolves, they did their usual. Um, Wolves then just, their usual, look incredibly dangerous through the centre of the pitch, unable to finish their dinner. Wolves, since Gary O'Neill's come in, have become a very fun side to watch this season for that very reason, really. I mean, he deserves some sort of reward for that because Wolves have been fucking vile yeah. to watch pretty much as long as they've been in the league. <laughs> They're the second best dribblers in Europe this season behind Bayern Munich, which I'm sure is in no small part. Thanks to Harry Kane. You can see him chuckling as he's about to say it. Like, yeah. That is a real stat. That is a real stat. Um, <laughs> Kilman and Dawson at the back. Totti and Semedo, not quite as convincing on the flanks, but doing a job. 
my favourite thing with this Wolves team from that game at Old Trafford onwards is there's just no fluff whatsoever to what they're doing. They get at you, at the heart of you, and that just causes panic. It narrows the defenders, creates space wide, and they're just creating better chances this season, which, you know, when you don't have Adama Traore spooning them in for every final ball, I'm, I'm sure it does help. That well, away trip to Molyneux on the Christmas Eve Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Christmas ruiner right there. Bournemouth sacking Gary O'Neill, making him into probably the league's premier babyface. Molyneux is just not a fun place to go. It's never really been a fun place to go, but I think you can take their pride and then run away with the game from that if you can get in the lead early. But you've got to be ruthless. Rip the game from them. Spurs looked like they were going to do that. They didn't. Nori bombing up and down the flank. Huang plays anywhere across that front line, either side. And then Lamina, a powerhouse in the middle. Cunha is probably the closest player to Gabriel Jesus that I've seen stylistically in the league. Mm. And there just wasn't enough juice for him. Hoiberg, Basuma, Saar, when they were chasing a second. Johnson was probably the best of the front three. Sarabia comes in with 10 minutes to go. Don't think he's got the intensity to be able to be a staple in their side, even if he's got more tech than probably the rest of the team combined. Yeah. But when they've been blunt throughout the game, that equaliser is a joke. That equaliser <laughs> is unbelievable. Yeah. It's one of the best goals we've seen in the league for a long time. It's overtaken Bowen versus Brighton as my uh, favourite this season so far. Just ridiculous the touch is like so good I think he must be surprised touch on one foot finish with the other isn't it Mm. yeah I was expecting limbs and I was watching the watching the goal video back and they're just they give you it they give you it with the second they knew the winner was coming wait for it wait for it Jamie O'Hara was was calling on a title challenge on Monday afternoon (laughs) this is so good and now quickly a week and now he's whimpering to Jason Cundy it's probably not the man that I'm going to for sympathy. <laughs> I like. I don't know how bad it can be for Spurs. Like, surely they didn't really believe Romero was a changed man. Madison does miss ten to twelve games a season. Richarlison, we probably best we just don't talk about. Hoiberg's being called a liability now when he was being hoped last year. Benton Kerr coming back in. I think they'll be okay. I think game management here. Their heads went. When the goal came back in, I do think like Dyer and Davis at the back is not something anyone needs. Royale at left back, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough out. I thought Wolves would win this going in. Looking at that team, I thought it's not an awful eleven from Spurs still, but like that midfield on paper, you go, oh, it's okay, and then you realise well, there isn't really any creativity there. Like Hoiberg, Saar, and Basuma, it's a solid enough midfield, not going to create a lot. So when they got an early goal, I thought okay, that's pretty sound. Sit on that, be a bit harder to beat. I know it's not really Andrew's thing, but... And then as I round sort of like late late in the game, I thought this is a really good win for Spurs under these conditions, the way it walks, really good win. And how quickly things change. It was frustrating to watch because you're like, put it in the net, please. And they just were missing and missing and blazing over and spooning wide. Couldn't you good for that? Yeah, <laughs> very, very good. Van der Ven has had a serious hamstring injury before I saw the had to have surgery on. Needing a second one cannot be good for a player that 
relies on pace so much. Not relies that he's not good without it, but that's like what makes him as good as he is. Obviously, mm. a staple of his Certainly game. Certainly been a standout, hasn't it? Very good. Getting Angie in his sob stories pre-game. You know, lost the greatest player in the competition's history. You think, oh, this is my first challenge. Shut up. <laughs> Post-game, I was getting so wound up by him in the Spurs thing, and he needed this. Going at Arteta, you know, I've always been brought up to respect officials. Booked in the Chelsea game. Attacked three of them in Scotland when you shouldn't be relying on officials anyway. Glad this guy is... I want to see him flip. Because this guy, the Spurs are going to grind him down. And if I said to you now, what odds would you need to bet on Chelsea finishing above Spurs this season? Be bullish. I wouldn't even know. I would, take- would you take evens? Yeah. I'm not going to have the bet with you because I don't want to cheer for Spurs. No, but- I probably would. <laughs> I I, I probably do, get better at bookies. But. I think <laughs> we're I think we're gonna get better, and they're gonna get worse. Brentford pushing for Europe. I, they're definitely gonna. Uh, they've got a. Uh, they've got a horrible. Yeah. Like it's it's funny, isn't it? Because everyone's moaning, bemoaning injuries. Now I see Newcastle doing it. I see Spurs doing it. But, I think but I know where we're going after, after we had eight <laughs> players out for the first three months of the season, it was just, oh, just get on with it. Well, oh, I don't know. Do I, you think, I if Spurs have spent a billion pounds, you reckon I, you I, might have had a little I, less sympathy with them? I can't understand. Enzo's still playing with one. <laughs> I can't understand why Newcastle and Spurs aren't playing as well anymore. Oh no, woe is me. What could have gone wrong? The uh, the surprising thing I did see was, and I know, I know it's a bad night in the office when you look at the players that go down, but... So Spurs fans online saying basically that the season had blown up with Chelsea. <laughs> I was like, what? Which is, it's very early, isn't it? I had a, te- I had a text from Sean on uh, Tuesday saying, go again next year, don't we? <laughs> Just like, I do, I do yeah. enjoy the fact that the barometer and the yardstick for whenever Spurs start a season well or Chelsea start a season poorly, you can't really tell until they've both played each other. <laughs> and usually it goes the, one, the way it's gone. And then there's just a turn from both sides and I think having a part of this downfall of of Spurs would be quite enjoyable actually with what two players suspended two seriously injured well I think a lot of it was I saw Spurs basically saying look at Arsenal last season our team is as good as theirs why can't we do what they did and we were able to ride the crest of that way for a little while longer <laughs> Spurs unfortunately injuries and everything is just crumbled very quickly and so we're just saying that's it are we? Is that it's, a, well, I don't, I don't think no, just no, they'll get, I they'll wasn't get, saying they're having a title charge anyway no. but you think they're still going for a title charge or are they pushing top four uh, no I don't I don't know yeah you got to be well within the top four and fancying yourself a bit I know Jamie O'Hara I mean unless Madison and Van der Ven are out really long term it's like it's like mid-January I mean, yeah, they're out, okay. to, they're out to mid-jam with the Christmas period they're going to miss. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of games. Is that seven games mm. between now and then? The way that Sky interview started was the, the, the woman interviewing him says to Jamie O'Hara, Spurs looking good for top four this year. He says, top four? Yeah, <laughs> that's top so four. good. Yeah. He's a lot of a disappointment. Well, we're going to get top four at least. <laughs> that's a great impression, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel good at all. <laughs> Let's move on from Spurs. A couple of other questions from the other games. Um, I'm hoping you've both at least watched match at A2. Two quick questions on Arsenal. Zinchenko's goal. 
very nice technique. Did it need a dive from the keeper to elevate it on the replay value? Yeah, although sometimes a rooted keeper can strangely add something to it as well. But yeah. Depends if the optics are that, are that he didn't see it. I feel that takes it away. If he sees it and he just can't get there. Then, for example, some of like the great free kicks we've seen when a keeper is just standing and then just looking at the corner and that, there is something to that. Even if I think maybe... Lloris used to love doing that. <laughs> He's the one that sticks to my mind as a rooted keeper. The thing is, like, unless... You do have like a, a Ronaldo versus David James job where it's right in the corner. Yeah. You probably should at least die for yeah. this, mate. Yeah. You've only got one job to do it. You're taught to. So yeah. if you're not going to get it, just in case there's a deflection, just always die for yeah. it. Yeah. I know people usually give it, I've just seen, he's got an aubergine badge. Um, I've seen people do it before. It's like, if I was made prime minister and it's like the first thing I would do it is the most ridiculous. Is a point David Cameron again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I became a football manager, I think the first thing i ban is not ketchup or something like that. It's the love heart celebration. Some more creativity, please. I don't care that your wife, your daughter, whoever is at the top of the stadium. Something more than this. <laughs> it's such a wasteful... You can't do some kind of like kung fu kick goal like that and then celebrate it in that way. I want you break dancing, or I want you doing a front flip or a back flip or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A heart to the top of the stadium takes it right away from the goal for me. We'll chalk the goal off then. That's fine. Yeah, well, you know, I'm fine notice this goal happens this weekend and it's still not my favourite of the season so far and it should have been. Right. Second question. St- statistically, I'm going to say stylistically, Arsenal have the best defence in the league this season, both on goals conceded and XG against. They also have the most goals scored from set pieces, another two after bullying Burnley there on Saturday. Should the latter be a positive for Arteta or a concern they aren't coming as freely from open play? So what you're saying is you're just a Spanish stoke? I, if you told me at any stage we'd be beating Burnley by battering them on set pieces... <laughs> it's an odd, yeah, odd twist, yeah, isn't it? Uh... I would ask if maybe we did get Rafa in or <laughs> something's happened. Coming from someone that's just, like I said, earlier seen 37% of their goals come in the last week... I'm not one to lecture. I think it's, as long as they're still coming, that's great. The problem is, especially with set pieces, is sometimes they don't come. And you do need that extra. It's like, for example, there's been games this season where we've got a penalty and it's started us off. Or it's been the decider. Or something like something that ilk. As soon as they start drying up, all it takes is a corner not to be delivered properly or a penalty not to be given. And then if you're not creating from open play, that very quickly turns into 10th in the league. I'm still getting nightmares about Trossard's corners against Newcastle. Those three in a row at the end of the game. What is it? Because his delivery in this game was a joke. Yeah. It was like right on it. Um, and you can see it with Saka sometimes as well. So he seems to be like, every other one seems to yeah. be great and the other one seems to be crap. Delivery on this was great. But we also know Burnley are horrible on set pieces as well this year. That the Saliba's one. There's no time doing it and training. Saliba's one, he barely jumps. Yeah, <laughs> and he's literally he's on the keeper. So where most teams are, you know, killing themselves to make sure the keeper doesn't have a man on him, they just said, yeah, you can run it, no problems. And fair play to Trotter, the ball was right on the money. But yeah, it's Burnley. It's just... But that's it's, 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 we got the most all season from there. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have. It. I think people have made it as simplified as 
you know, we lost the leagues, we conceded too many goals at the end of the season, Arteta's decided we're going to fix up the defence and not worry about the attack. When I think it's the signings and the moves made at the back have clicked, I think we, we do look very good. I think there's games where we still concede some chances. I don't think we should. There was a couple in this game, but I think if you play as high as we do, then you're going to concede some chances like that. Um, I just think, I think he naively thought that Party would be more readily available than he is. Mm. And I also think he thought Havertz would click quicker than he has. And Havertz, um, we we had one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen us have in midweek against Sevilla. They didn't, they didn't put a glove or whatever, a lesser version of that is on us. And the guy had, people were getting excited because he had one that he curled around the outside of the post. No, he didn't, the keeper didn't even save it. He curled it around the outside of the post. Oh, God. And there was just a bit of like vim on the shot and that was it. He was pretty anonymous here. Basically, the, the things he's praised for are winning headers and tackling deep in our half. So we've signed a German Kante, basically, is uh, is what we've done for 65 million. You wish he was like Kante. Yeah, I was about to say you wish. <laughs> well, I mean, it looks like that's what we've tried to sign. Um, would, yeah, you, not good. would you swap him for James Ward-Prowse? No, because what, my fears with Ward-Prowse are now being spoken about by West Ham fans. So, again... What? The, the guy's not athletic enough to play in, in the middle of the field for any team that is planning to be defensive, not defensive, to be solid enough defensively. I've seen West Ham fans, they're getting, they're getting ran through because they're having to entrust all of their defensive work to Alvarez, who I won't say what, what our resident West Ham fans saying about him. It's not nice things. <laughs> <laughs> and so Moyes is having this dilemma where he's got someone that is perfect on set pieces, but is offering, offering nothing athletically in the middle of the field. Thomas Suchek shouldn't be getting picked ahead of you. He shouldn't have to have a decision of what he does there. And Kudus was being kept out of the team because he needs someone in there if Ward-Prowse is playing. Ward-Prowse has now gone out of the team and Kudus has come in because he can't have the two of them in there without Suchek and Alvarez. Mm. Yeah. I think he's harsh, but fair enough. Mm. I think he, he gets played further forward for West Ham when he does play as well, Ward-Prowse, which means if you have two midfielders behind him, I wouldn't see a huge problem with that. If you wanted to play him as one of the that's two, why, that's you why have a problem. He's not allowed. That's, Kudus is trying to be one of them, and so he's yeah. They've got too many them. cooks in that sense. Like, you know, throw Paquetta in there as well. Havertz, if, if you can't make it work now with Erdegaard out and with the injuries we've got, yeah, struggling. But he's going to stick with him. Maybe you know. Well, we said, didn't we? Look, your season is probably going to live and die on the signing of Kai Havertz, and I yep. know what I think on that one. <laughs> Well, I'm still seeing some fans saying that, you know, Thierry Henry didn't click immediately. <laughs> that is the ultimate panic button. <laughs> well, the lesser I, one is I'm it se- took Robert Perez some time. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Leverkusen compilations on my timeline from Arsenal fans. And that's stage three Kai Havertz, by the way, for those that don't know. Oh. And he hasn't won you the Champions League in between in this time. Yeah. No, we Maybe claim, he will. No, we claim that Champions League. That's what yeah. the old United fan, uh, every bit of Madrid success is like, that's basically ours. He revels in every bit of Havertz uh, whataboutery. Never comments on uh, when Jorginho is playing well. Real shame that. I don't think there's been many opportunities for me to be able to tell. He's had less bad games than... He's had, he's had less than five bad games. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he's had less bad games than Enzo. That's right. I thought you were going with it. Not even a doubt in my mind. He's had more good games this week than Enzo's had at Chelsea. <laughs> I, he's not my problem anymore, so you can have Jorginho. I'm, no. I, I, I'm on about Kai Havertz right now. Jorginho has had a better season than any midfielder at Chelsea. Yeah, I probably would say that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That's rough. Kai Havertz, haven't they? Havertz <laughs> so has had a better season than, I, Enzo, I, I, than I, Enzo and Caicedo. I, I'd say Gallagher's been more effective Ooh, actually yeah, than, yeah, yeah. than Jorginho. J two O. So he's oh, he's doing really well in tenth. He's played more for a start. I'm not sure he has. Jorginho's played almost every single game for us. We've had injuries right the way through. Who would you rather have? And just a genuine question: Gallagher or Jorginho? Yeah, but for what job would you be putting them in? Would you be? Like a hybrid. I think I think Gallagher would actually do a very good job for us if we were playing him alongside Jorginho and Rice or whoever it would be. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've not seen the light, but I've seen some light coming through with Gallagher. I actually think if I was picking England side today, then Gallagher would probably be the third man in yeah. my midfield alongside Bellingham and Rice. Yeah. I would pick I would pick Gallagher in an England midfield over James Madison. Yeah, because I'd rather have Bellingham further yeah. forward. Yeah, because we're going to do that stupid thing otherwise where we try and force Bellingham into a reduced role and then wonder why it doesn't work. So, would you have a Rice, Gallagher, then Jude? Yeah. It's more Calvin Phillips he's getting in the squad, isn't it? Because essentially that other role is up for grabs. Yeah. And maybe that is. The, yeah, maybe the, it is going to the, the best description that I've seen this weekend is um, that McTominay and Gallagher are actually very similar players and that Chelsea understand what they have to do with their version of this guy and Man United haven't sussed out what they have to do with their version of this guy not they're the same player but yeah, yeah, yeah. they're the same yeah. type of player in their yeah. squad um, Varane has obviously fallen out with Eric Ten Hag Evans was starting ahead of him and now Lindelof is it a case of giving up on a man out with Ten Hag? <laughs> is it a case on giving up on a man that can't stay fit or something internal do we think it could genuinely be anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the, with that is. man, the Crystal Skull, it could be anything. <laughs> playing, playing pro clubs with uh, Sancho. Too late. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> a 1-0 win against Luton at home for them. Take the three points. Most informed side in the league right now. I, I, or, I've heard this all day. Yeah. Or a worry for them that... Maybe you're not the one to ask. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, only, I can't really. But they only beat Luton 1-0. Although I think if this were Anfield and you drew with them, it'd be a very different story. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't have done that either. I mean, that miss was just... That was your baby. Yeah. Meant to- Which one? But yeah, <laughs> I, know the, I know the one, but there's a few. I would say that will never happen again, but I think it probably will. Yeah, we know it will. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a good sign for them, is it, that they scrape past Luton, they scrape past Fulham. But when you're on paper, you're on form, but on the pitch, you're definitely not on form. You don't look confident. You take the wins in whichever way you can. And if we had, we've just about got an equaliser against Luton, if we'd nicked a winner off the back of that, I was obviously taking that and ran. Mm. And yet, you'd have gone, that's not a convincing performance to just win against them. <laughs> Some of the media talk after that, what a great story it was with Lewis Diaz. Is Dapper still still being held hostage? I don't know what... The- I was thinking, I don't know how much of an equaliser this is for, well, I scored, but my dad is still a hostage. I don't know how better I'm feeling. I'm telling you, if I'm ever held hostage now, I don't know if um, they would reduce the amount they're asking for, if they're asking either of you to, 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 to yeah. save me, but if they're asking for the equivalent 
and either of you take the stance of, well, it sets a bad precedent if I don't pay the ransom. I mean, I don't negotiate I'm, with terrorists. I'm going to be livid when I when I'm when I'm set free. I've got to let you know I'm at least haggling. I'm going. I can't do that. Well, you have to reduce that immediately. Yeah, but. Out of fairness, we will do a pod and then we'll tribute it to you afterwards. Yeah. Everyone, what a touching story that is. <laughs> I'll lift a t-shirt up that people won't see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just it just says my name. Yeah. <laughs> um, Luton have narrowly lost a few games now. Um, should that be encouraging, or when you dig in and still lose these games, is it like a boxer slowly having his chin chipped away at and eventually? They just ain't going to be close in these games anymore. Yeah, I mean... Because you said it about Sheffield for a time and they've just given up the ghost there. Well, they just obviously just got a draw at Brighton. Yeah, both of them have now at least... They're in games. They're they're performing. But yeah, with the Sheffield one, you you had to get something out of definitely the Spurs game and probably even the City game, as, as critical as that is. And with the Luton one, you'd have thought, well, you had to at least get that draw with Liverpool. Ideally, you hang on to win that because you're not going to get that opportunity too many times. But I, I don't know. This is Liverpool and Man United. They wouldn't have earmarked either of those games as chance to get points, no. would they? It's, if they're doing this with a game against Fulham and they lose, yeah, okay, now you're banging trouble because if you're playing well and still losing those games, that's when you're down. Has company carried the um, Belgian dark horse energy into Burnley? Because far too many people tip them to be good this season. Not us, but just, they stink. I, I don't know if any of us tipped them to go down there, did we? I don't think. No. I don't think we said they'd do well, but I don't know. I feel like I might have had them as my last space in the relegation. I also think I also had Wolves in there, so. Yeah, yeah. We Look, we didn't know Gary O'Neill was going to go there. They fucked us. They're just following the Norwich blueprint. Yeah. They're, that's all that's happening here. It's, it, point it, it, what part does it stop becoming commendable? Just be like, you're just an easy win for yeah. every team in the league. Because even I know, even I wasn't appealing. I mean, if if we're saying there was a foul on uh, Haaland for the City penalty, it probably is a foul on Tomiyasu, but I can say with complete honesty, there was no part of me that was angry at the refs for, mm. for not giving it in. Arteta, as he said, 10 out of 10, top performance by the AR, top performance by the officials. He liked this one. He did the equivalent of uh, why don't they report all the good news rather than just all the bad. <laughs> so you put that clip everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure this one probably won't go as far. <laughs> last question for the day. I asked this to Connor last week. I said that we've seen, we've spoken about Havoc, we've spoken about Enzo today actually, that I'm sure if you asked Poch now if he would take Enzo back to... Benfica. Benfica had the receipt. I'm sure he still wouldn't do it. Are there any players that either of your sides have had or another one that jumps out at you where you think the manager within 28 days would have st- would have said, we've still got the receipt, actually. We'll take them straight back. They had no hope, no inclination. They thought they could get anything out of this player. It's quite a few from me. I think Kennedy, if you remember him. <laughs> he had statistically the worst half of Premier League football ever but yeah, for guy. Newcastle um, I reckon they'd probably do Torres I think 28 days of that still nah, you at nah. least thought I, I the whole thing of how he kept getting games is that you thought maybe he'll come back but that's my point Wait, 
we lived and died but that's what there was that weird season in 2013 just before Jose came in where he looked like he was doing the business again but then only ended on 12 goals and it's like that's the best season we ever got Fernando <laughs> Torres I feel like you could not hear the question I ask you and if you answered Torres it would still be right probably 5 out of 10 times <laughs> you just, you just <laughs> say that name. it just works yeah any the jump out I mean there's a spell where if I didn't know the player already and Rafa signed him I was like well this won't work <laughs> if we don't know him he's, he's no eye the you know Voronin was a free signing and I would have asked for some sort of compensation <laughs> Chelsea offered hideous. Kennedy to Newcastle free and I believe they still turned him down someone like you know very we would sign like young players in the hope that like we'd do what Arsenal were doing at the time with young players but it'd be someone like David and Gog <laughs> and you'd go young French player maybe this will work out and very pretty much straight away you'd be like well he's young and he's French he's just not good at football <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> yeah. that crucial bit is missing how quickly do you think Liverpool realised Joe Cole wasn't going to work Joe Cole I had down as well I mean he does get a red card on his debut doesn't David, he? He gets, so, gets so does Koscielny yeah yeah again straight away I was like oh yeah this guy hasn't got it anymore I was quite excited for Joe Cole bearing in mind that summer we're also signing Paul Konchesky so we're scraping here <laughs> we just won the league that season as well. Yeah, and we're we're in the process of nearly going bust at this point. Avroy Hodgson has managed yeah. it, so expectations are on the floor. I was semi excited for Joe Cole. Yeah, very quickly realised not. I think that same year, Christian Paulson, I realised he was 34 going on 56. He was <laughs> horrible. I've never seen a player look that old and slow and shit. All right, so well. there's a whole collection <laughs> I would have kept receipts for. On, on that note, um, we'll end it there. We're all ended there. We'll go on to the UFC. Jack's going to dip. Definitely not already been recorded. <laughs> Professional. See you on the other side. Adios. Moving on then. UFC 295. Big card. Most I've probably looked forward to a UFC card in quite some time, to be honest. I and mean, then it's kind of back to reality this weekend. Paul Craig against Brendan Allen. <laughs> back to the nitty gritty. Yeah. On our time though, so not too bad. Okay. Seven o'clock main uh, prelim starts. Things like 1am finish. Where is it? I don't actually know. That My interest, I didn't even know that fight had been made. So. No, I didn't, I didn't know Paul Craig was fighting. <laughs> no, so it's a, it's a rough um, couple of weeks. Won't go through the whole card here, but very good yeah. card for one that had two, three, five decisions. We've come in here before and there's been like one decision the entire card and it's been like a split or something. Yeah. But Jamal Emma's knockout with like 49 seconds gone for the first fight. That is a close decision for the second. Okay, the only bad fight where I'd backed uh, Kang to be Castaneda as a dog and he just threw... He didn't throw a single punch like he meant it. Had no conviction. And I was like in the middle of tweeting it and then they said it on commentary and I thought, all right, it's now I'm copy in the commentary. Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen, the less of these guys that are purely wrestlers in the UFC, the better. So I was quite happy to see him get cleaned out. Although it is nice when you see one of them get broken. Like when they take someone down the whole first round and then they like miss one at the start of the second and you're like okay now we're in business there's a big like gulp isn't yeah. there they realise oh god I've got another round and a half they said that he'd, he'd had like it was like several thousand wrestling matches in 
his career. That's a lot of miles <laughs> yeah. on the clock, blindly. Uh, in Denmark, I think it is. Um, Sadikov against uh, Borshev was fight of the night in the end. I was on Borshev as a dog there as well. And it was all going very smoothly. He was styling on Sadikov, really. It was one guy throwing bombs. The other guy had enough pop, but just looked another level. And, and then it all went horribly wrong in the second round. And you kind of say at the time, and we've done it when we've watched them before, when you get one like that, so this was the first fight on the televised prelims. Hmm. You're like, if that's not a fight of the night, then we're in for a, a great night. night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got in, yeah, so the, the tail end of that fight. And I was on the dog as well. And just searching him on Twitter and then trying to establish what was going on was just like, <laughs> So is this guy looking like a million dollars or is he shit? I can't, I literally can't tell from people's tweets. He looks, and then obviously sure enough, the decision is. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a fair decision. Um, won the third round after being on, on the brink, on the brink of hell. Yeah. When I saw people saying like to come back from where he came back from, I was like, okay, so he must've taken a shellacking <laughs> in the previous round. And then usually I'd be annoyed if it's like let down my acca probably helped that it was a push them dancing in the, <laughs> in the blood soap cage after it's just so good uh Roosevelt Roberts my guy unfortunately <laughs> didn't go well for him Lupi Godinez Tabo Ferrici a lot of Tabo Ferrici fans on my timeline um shocker MMA to it creeping again yeah, I saw I saw someone on the the podcast timeline doing a hear me out, and it's like <laughs> the woman that looks like closest to being a supermodel in the UFC is your hear me out. <laughs> but there'd been some dodgy judging already. That was dodgy <laughs> when one guy has it 30-27. 30-27, Yeah, <laughs> basically what? landed a takedown at the end of each round, and that. That was it. You can see that Joe's just ticking. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> just watching Cheeks for uh, 15 minutes. Hear me out, Rachel Ostovich. <laughs> that sort of vibe. The main card was just, I mean, if I look up here, KO punches, KO head kick, TKO punches, KO punches, TKO elbow. It's not bad at all. Fantastic. Cruise true. I think we finished like half five, which is pretty good. Considering we had no filler as well, didn't it? It was an 11 p.m. start. Yeah. So a late one by... Kind of these standards. So especially cards. the only downside to getting a card with knockouts is you do end up getting the filler, and you're like, "Oh god, we're going to pay for this." But it didn't really. Yeah, feel there, like there was a tiny. And little I had bit a few early. beers with me, so yeah. I thought I might be struggling. <laughs> tiny little bit early, and I was just watching match of the day between between the fights, mm. um, and just had it on my phone to quickly flip back on. Yeah, well, if we talk about Jessica Andrade upwards, oh god. I feel bad that I didn't back my girl, but I was happy for her nonetheless. That felt like about midway through the first round, like, of course this was going to happen. Of course this was... <laughs> yeah. Why the hell was I backing Mackenzie Dern? Well, I was sure... I mean, I guess it was Angela Hill the last time, but she basically beat the shit out of her. Yeah. And the whole way before was like, she's at this really rough time in her life. She's moving between gyms. She's going through a divorce. And then she's still like that. So when she carried it on for this fight and was like, well, I'm still paying the divorce. I've moved gyms. So I don't have the same coaches anymore. Kind of thought, okay, Andrade, I think, is on like a four-fight losing that streak. That was the bigger thing. Yeah, I thought she's on the skid. Although I did agree that Dern was saying the right thing. She was like, well, people are saying that she's on a skid. And she's like, well, if I'm in her shoes, 
I'm even more determined now to get it back because I really can't lose again. Yeah, 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 that's true. It is quite depressing that Andrade isn't a superstar, although there's not many of them in women's mixed martial arts, but just isn't rich. Yeah, yeah, she's paid her paid her dues. Well, it's it's depressing. I mean, she has an OnlyFans. Oh god, don't need to see that. <laughs> but she basically says, "Well, the money isn't coming in elsewhere." So yeah, yeah. I think she got extorted by like an ex-wife or something, and so oh, was god. like, "Well, the UFC doesn't pay me enough. I don't really know how to do anything else." Two divorced women scrapping it out. Yeah, Andrade just dog walked her. Yeah, I mean. The thing was, one of the, the other part of backing Mackenzie Doom was in that Angela Hill fight, like I said, she battered her and she looked, looked, looked like the stand-up improved significantly. You obviously already knew about her jiu-jitsu game. So you're like, if you can sort of, bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of bullied her and you thought, if Andrade physically isn't going to be able to push her around, which you assumed not, then that's going to be a tough night for her. And instead, Andrade looked so much stronger. We obviously know the power she's yeah. got. Mackenzie Doom made... An odd choice that she just thought, I'm just going to stand up and strike with her. Well, it's weird. Her striking looked like it got worse. It was yeah. back to what you would expect a jiu-jitsu specialist to look like when they're throwing the chin up out in the air. Rogan was almost crying yeah. for the fact that she was about to get knocked out any moment. And, you know, he was pretty right. Her grappling has got worse as she's gone through her career. Mm-hmm. We've often spoken about the people that get a knockout and then all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, I quite like this. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely done that. Maybe the opponent she's been knocking out, the fact she didn't get Angela Hill out of there, I know she battered it. Maybe that's something that True. we would look at now. Andrade has just been doing this for years. She's never out of a fight. The fights previously that she was losing was when she would come up against someone bigger. I know that she got the title shot against Shevchenko pretty swiftly just because her highlight reel is insane. Yeah. Yeah. DC referenced when she knocked out um, Karolina Kovalkovic with just a one-shot bang. I think we were watching it together at the time and it's one you're like squirming at. Kavokovic had a tough time. She's had some tough fights now, aren't she? Poor girl. Um, Yeah, very good. Um, Gets another run out of her. Hopefully they match her in that way. But Yeah, I kind of think to your point about her not being a superstar is it's kind of every time it's looked like she's about to put it all together, she does come up, they do throw her in with someone that you go, well, she's not going to win that. Or, Or She's very if much you, up against it. Even like, you know, throwing her back in with Rose. It's kind of like, okay, this what's supposed to happen the first time was that Rose, Rose is supposed to be. If that was a five-rounder because Rose is hanging on by the end of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Joanna, they just marketed her. It's as good as I've seen them promote anyone, the one they did with um, Joanna Yenjecek. Because hmm. uh, we spoke before, like McGregor essentially did it himself for thing. the UFC kind of were along for the ride. They did their thing along the way. With Joanna, they took this 115-pound Polish woman and made her a pay-per-view draw. Like she, yeah, she what? She she'd be the chief support a lot of the times. But Wei Li, the Rose fights were huge. Hmm. Here, Andrade, after looking like she had killed Rose in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. After Rose looked money in the first round, they should have just blown her up and yeah, sparked by Whaley in a round, which can happen. We, yeah. We're now quite well aware. Yeah. And yeah, and a couple of other ones as well. She caught early in like uh, some chokes and things like that. Like she needs to just get in the fight and then she's good. But I don't know. Glad to see her win. 
if my bet hadn't been taken into it. I was I was happy for her. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, oh, we're here. The title fights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really was. Because um, we'd obviously seen um, Belmar take out Frivola. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was shit. It's, it's three <laughs> fights left. You kind of never quite sunk in. As good a double header as we've had recently in the UFC, certainly yeah, in terms definitely. of, like, I legitimately had my idea who I thought would win both of these fights. Um, for complete transparency, when Aspinall and Jiri was my bet. I wasn't confident on either of them. No. Aspinall, nervy. It, it's, Leon kind of won the belt and then reeled everyone in. Um, I think people were looking for someone that the majority of us said, Darren Till, it was nice, but <laughs> probably don't need to be siding with you too much anymore. Leon Edwards got on there at the right time. With Aspinall, people seem to very quickly have warmed to his personality. I think every interview he does, he his fan base kind of increases. Bisping's done a very nice job, I think. He really has put him that. over well. TNT, have, let's face it, have really got behind it as well, haven't they? If you, you could I, move without that promo. This and week. you would have thought, you would have thought they were the main event going by that as well, because just the way it was structured, it was like they were the main event, and um, Pereira and Yuri was the chief support. The way Bisping sells it as well, he is OTT, obviously, but it feels like he's kind of he's got his arm around you while he's saying it, rather than the Dan Hardy promos are like. Listen to what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. I know so much better. And it just puts people off. And yeah, agreed. All you need to do is show a couple of Aspinall promos. Having him headline that one show in uh, the O2 was huge. Yeah. And then, yeah, he took one early and I thought, well, obviously this was going to happen. We spoke the last fight about his chin being white right up in the air. And he did it a couple of times, didn't he? Where he just walked out leaning backwards that chin out you thought oh Pavlovich eyes lit up he took one and it seemed to wake him up yeah and then the leg kicks were well nice the punch that he wobbles him with initially looks like it should break his hand because <laughs> it's just right in the hard part of his head you see him start doing uh, shaky dance and then it's just all over so quick it was like and then it was exactly kind of I guess what we were promised with that fight wasn't it as well though it's sort of someone to go in here and probably not it's not going to take too long to find out yeah Aspinall had never been to a third round before Pavlovich had done five the way here it's just yeah so quick they they were kind of billing it that Aspinall had the grappling advantage that would be the wise way to go about it Rory reminded me that Curse Blades couldn't get Pavlovich down and that shook me a little bit <laughs> I don't know. It's. I wouldn't be surprised if these two fight two, three more times looking at the state of that division. Yeah, that's it. All Pavlovich has to do is get another big knockout win and he's already back in the picture, yeah. isn't he? Because it's, it's that smaller sort of... So you've got Almeida who's just stunk the place out against Derek Lewis. Yep. Um, Cyril Garn who turned down this fight probably would have been Garn against um, Pavlovich. Bad look. Because he called Aspinall out immediately and he was like, oh... Funny that, because I went all the way to Paris. Then he said he wouldn't fight me, and then he turned down this fight. Yeah, and then previously, you surrendered the title by tapping to John Jones after, what, about a minute? It's yeah. about <laughs> a couple of looks you've just given us there. Yeah. Even though, you know, Garland Aspinall is a really fun fight. It's, you know, but <laughs> from a market point of view, you've got to know how you're looking. With Aspinall, firstly, do you believe his story of the bad back? 
secondly, thoughts on saying it after? I'm, I'm never sure. Yeah. I'm, Sounds good. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I'm, I'm not so sure. I think, like with a lot of things, there's probably some truth to it. How much of it is hyperbolic is a point, but fighters say it all the time, don't they, of what they're carrying going into a fight and you don't always hear it. The fact that he's won and told us this is... It would have been really horrible if he had lost and he told us. Then I probably would respond quite differently. He said a few too many times that, you know, I couldn't win it sitting on my couch. And that's what I was thinking. And I was kind of wondering where so it was going at times. one point, where he's like, you know, I couldn't have won this as I was sat at home. But, well, no. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> what, what are you getting at? I mean, the, the main event, I can't think of the last time I had one like this where I genuinely didn't want either guy to lose. Like, I liked Volk. As much as I like Ma- uh, as well as I like Max, but I like Max significantly more. Yeah, yeah. This one, Gaethje Tony Ferguson was a good example. To be fair, because you Gaethje. I did, but it was like okay, I feel quite bad for. That's what I mean. There isn't one where really no. I could think that I genuinely really like both of these. They both gave us in the build up everything that we needed to get from them. I think, and then right down to the stare down with the two of them. Their personality is coming through. It's as good as stare down as I can remember. Actually, genuinely intense. Not you know, generally we'll normally have how intense was that, and it'll just be two blokes sort of staring at each other. This was, and when you know it's like two stone cold killers as well. The first time I saw Prayer in the UFC, I wasn't that sold because they gave him the big sale and he was in there with a bum and he gassed after like around. Worried about his gas tank. Yeah, really did. Ever since, I think the second fight, he loses the first round, he's gassed and he pulls one out his ass, basically. Ever since then, I've been as all in as... <laughs> it's just everything I want in a fighter. Yeah, he's... Yeah, perfect. It's a bit great to watch. That perfect embodiment of the fighter who doesn't speak any English, yet somehow his, tra- his personality transfers across. He's obviously sort of buying into it a little bit more now with the, you know, doesn't smile sort of thing. He knows what he's doing there. Even the stuff with the footage of him, like with his kids, you know, the one where obviously he's coming in the house and his kid tries to make him jump. Have you have you seen the video? Was it embedded? I don't know. I think this Maybe is just not. a random, like, Instagram. he's walking into his house at night. Kid tries to make him jump and he pulls out ready to punch him. <laughs> and it said, like, the kid just nearly went to the shadow realm. He doesn't even know it because his instinct was just to hit whoever was coming out. I actually like it more when they are an all rounder. Like, I quite like the fact that there is one way that this guy can beat you. Yeah, exactly. And he is going to beat you in that one way. And he's. The thing, the testament to his sort of skills is when he did get taken down, he does know how to manage it so that he's not just getting mauled. Like you'd have probably thought, once Yuri gets him down, this guy's a total kickboxer. You'd have gone, this guy's fucked now. Or when he gets up, he's gonna have no gas tank or whatever. So he's obviously improved the cardio, and he's at least manageable when he's on the ground. But like you said, the the beauty of him is as well that those leg kicks are just like ridiculous. How you can even place your leg down again. Once you, you really look like he could put barely any weight on it after about two of them. I saw the clip that's of a tough man. DC asking him to do it and he's like, okay, now do it 25% and then he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's I don't want that. Yeah. If, I feel better about the stoppage now that I've seen him speak about it a bit more. I've seen a couple of other angles. At the time, it wasn't even about my bet that I was upset. It was just that I wanted this to be the best fight I've ever seen between <laughs> yeah. two people and it kind of threatened it a few times and then it was this guy's doing well 
and then this guy ended I think it. you knew if Pereira was going to win it's probably going to be that type of stoppage but you probably just wanted a clean one you're not going to get one like he had probably with Strickland because year is just better well, I thought and tougher if also you might get that sort of thing would create the opportunities and then I also yeah. thought that I was worried about Pereira's chin after the knockout to Izzy as well the fact that he's then been in Riyan in between in the interim and that is pretty impressive that you've yeah it's a to go back from a pretty emphatic knockout like that to reel off these two wins is a bit of yeah. a joke. Gets the stoppage. I do still think Goddard could have taken 10 seconds longer because I just... Even five think. seconds. He'd have had a bit of ground and power. I just want to see him to see gone. his face. It's the fact he doesn't see his face. We've seen people buckle before. Jiri saying he was out, like he was knocked out against Dominic Reyes and he comes back and then just sparks him. That was a scary knockout as well. But he took it, well, I know there's a lot of... Samurai. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff with that, isn't it? It's like all full of honour and stuff. With him, genuinely, he, he does seem about that, doesn't yeah. he? Very much. Uh... And then, uh, last thing, because it is late. Um, with Adesanya, I don't know if he sees the irony in his whole thing with Pereira. You know, one day he'll be there. I beat that guy one time. His entire thing now is, I beat that guy one time. <laughs> yeah. The guy's beat you three times out of four. Yeah. And look, I, I get it. If someone beats me at FIFA every time and I beat them once, I'm probably not going to play them again after <laughs> I've won one. But no one is then going to pay me several million to to do that either. And I also think his legacy for me, I, I don't hold him in in a certain position now because he beat him once. I still hold the fact that I've seen you lose to him previously. Exactly. Yeah. That it's a total role reverse, isn't it? The very thing that he said that that this guy's just going to be sat saying this. I mean, I mean, I don't really buy it, but people saying that Pereira saw that clip and then decided, right, I'm coming for him. If you could even, if you could just buy into that, it's so good that he's basically has just gone, I'm coming to the UFC, I'm think, taking everything this guy has. I think there's something to it in just that the, the people I follow that follow kickbox and all of this basically say he tried it wasn't really for him. He wasn't MMA. very good. Yeah. I think he was one and two, maybe. I think he loses the first time he goes into yeah. MMA, doesn't he? I think he gets choked out. And this is not for him. And he's a big, big star in kickboxing. And then it, if it wasn't straight after, the time frame was there. Because no. I remember Izzy talking about him. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. And that's kind of what got me hyped for when he entered the UFC. Because I thought, well, this guy's chinned him before. I just meant more that literally that clip yeah. of him saying it. I think he's watched it. And decided, actually, it's a it bit may, rocky for it me. It may be that he was going to come back and then Izzy said about it like the only reason he's coming back is to do this because they were trying to make the title shot like within one fight immediate yeah yeah. and the thing was don't let this guy lose because then you've lost it then you've lost a big failure yeah and that's I why mean, the Strickland one I think we had a time like, oh, do you need to do this do you need to do it I mean it's pure uh, pure hater to go there to uh, go I'm going to come and take your belt and then the one from the division up is just I'd love to see it Chef's again. Kiss. I'm not sure Izzy needs that again. It might be the best thing for Izzy. The actual translated version of that post-fight speech is better than what the what the translator does because he does say, you know, it's quite respectful. He says, this got me back. Now you're the guy in my position. You say you're going to sit out for seven years. That's a waste of talent. And then he does end it with come to daddy, which <laughs> probably undoes what, Slightly less respectful. what you've done. But yeah, that, if if they started selling them over here, I remember we used to look at the Triple G t-shirts and go, just give me like all of them. Yeah, it's that his, sort of thing. His Easter Island head ones, again, just... Yeah, agreed. All of them, they're very good. Apparently, 
I mean, this has been great for Izzy anyway, because apparently we can just forget that he's just lost to Sean Strickland. Everyone's talking about this. <laughs> like, Izzy isn't coming off a, a comprehensive decision lost to Sean Strickland. Uh, just weird. Yeah, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens next. Um, Pereira wants to fight ASAP, so maybe we'll see. Uh, the UFC seem to want to make him wait for Jamal Hill. but I mean, you probably have to because of the title situation with Hill. Yeah, but he's not back till like next summer. We're going to get Anthony Smith probably if you don't get either side, aren't we? Because of that weird beef they had. I mean, poor Anthony Smith. Yeah. But he probably deserves this. All right. Well, uh, we'll call that an end for today. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Adios.